Okay, so you're telling me this isn't a comedy. No. And the only explosion in the movie is something that happened 20 years before it's set. Right. Um, all right. Uh, does it does it have any um, nudity? No. No. Um, please tell me it at least has one of the Goonies in it. Yes. It's Steph, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, She's the good Goonie, though. Are there any good Goonies? Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And if I know me, then I put Running from the CIA by Sloppy Seconds for a few snippets just before the theme music. And before you go and correct me, I know they were actually running from the FBI. I just don't have a song called Running from the FBI. Anyway. We're a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. <laughs> and this week, we did 1988's Running on Empty, directed by Sidney Lumet with a screenplay by Naomi Foner. And um, before we go into the uh, the elevator pitch for this bad boy, yeah. I just want to have an aside about the hoops we had to jump through to get this oh, movie this on a, our television. That was a this, that was a fight. So okay, so we have we have a Roku and we have uh, Apple TV, and yeah, we're we're, we're all wired for we're tech, all, y'all. Yeah, we're all wired for tech, y'all. Um, but but the <laughs> us us forty two year olds oh, we're forty one aren't we us forty one year olds really know our technology we so huh? good yeah. so uh, so I had gone on to uh, if those of you who have the Apple TV know that recently they just launched an app that's for uh, Amazon Prime Video and we have Amazon Prime. Oh my God, we're so bougie. <laughs> yeah, we're super bougie. We're so bougie. So um, I was like, oh, that's Actually, cool. you know what? You're so bougie hearing you say bougie makes me uh, makes my teeth sweat. It, it, it hurts, right? Yeah. So, what is um, this coffee? <laughs> so uh, so I'd, I'd gone on and checked it out and I was like, oh, I see what it is. You go to Amazon, you click what you want to watch and then boom, it shows up there and it's very easy to watch. Great, no big deal, fine. So I went to go find it and it kept saying, how to watch this movie. And I'm like, but I already set it up on my watch list. What's going on? So I went off of that. I got into... She was like Michael Bolton in Office Space. What's this front, like front error, load error? I was like, load error? What is it? So then I go on to... I don't remember to, the quote. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. So I, um, Sorry, so I go so I go on to um, uh, uh, the Roku because we have the Amazon app on there and I click on that and same problem. And I'm like, what is happening here? And then... Oh, but at first we had to change the batteries out of our remote. Like it was a nightmare. When I finally got to it, of course it shows up that it wasn't a free movie, which I thought it was, and something that you could just watch. It was something we had to pay for, which was fine. Long story. Long story short, we paid four dollars for a digital rental, which feels pretty damn crappy. Yeah. You know? I feel like we could have bought the DVD of this movie for, for like cheaper. two bucks and like a. <laughs> you know, like the, the, a I know. Which is a, which is a shame because uh, spoiler alert, it's actually a really excellent movie. Yeah. 
like to the point where I'm not a hundred percent sure if our regular format's gonna work. Yeah, I know it'll be very uh, because I'm, I'm used to doing either good cult movies or really shitty '80s yeah. nostalgia movies. It's it's kind of weird to be doing one that's just like straight up a really a excellent really movie excellent made movie. by a masterful film director yeah. with a cast of. Good actors, really good actors, yeah, uh, and a story that's compelling. So I, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how we go with this. Yeah, and we'll on see what that, happens. let's go ahead and do the elevator pitch. The elevator. Do you want me to pitch or show you? You, you should pitch first because I showed it to you. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Remember the '60s? I do. Remember how fun they were? I do. You remember them wrong, and no, you don't, because you were born <laughs> in the '70s. Damn it! Actually, the '60s that was a fever were a, dream. <laughs> the '60s were actually a tumultuous, horrible time, and turned into the early '70s, which were even worse in a lot of ways. This is a great pitch so far. And hey, boomers. <laughs> Let's let's look back on the stuff that you're more ashamed of and or less proud of instead of instead of just pretending it was all the big chill and dancing. That's my pitch. Just fucking look at your past, boomers. That's my pitch. You don't say for a film. It's just <laughs> fucking look in the fucking mirror, boomers. Look what you became. Look what you became. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, let me come back from that. Um, <laughs> Good luck. Let me walk on back from that one. Hi. I am available for children's parties. <laughs> Hi. Uh, all right. So let's take uh, the dude from Taxi. Oh, uh, Andy Travis? No, wait, that was WKRP. Yeah. Who was the boring guy Andy from Taxi? Andy Travis? That was the name of the character from WKRP, the boring oh. guy. Oh. Both Taxi and, uh, and WKRP had this thing where they, they tried to make like boring people in the oh. middle of it, and then they yeah. realized, no, that doesn't work. Right. It was let's boring. take the dude from Taxi. Oh, oh, uh, Andy Kaufman. No. Judd Hirsch. Danny DeVito. And... Let's have him married. The guy who played, uh, whose name I forgot, who played uh, Christopher Lloyd. That was what I was trying. Let's have him married to Lot Simka, the woman. Marilyn Winner. The woman from Chicago Hope. Nobody watched Chicago Hope. Try again. <laughs> I watched Chicago Hope. Nobody but you watched Chicago Hope. Try again. And it ran for four seasons, and it was essentially Jag, but in Chicago. Come on, admit it. Let's let's let them birth. Make work program. Let's for let Man- them birth. Let's let them birth a river. That is so poetic. <laughs> Isn't it? It takes a taxi star to raise a river. <laughs> and and let's have that river fall in love with a goonie. Mm-hmm. And this is my and and they're on they're on the run. Oh. Dun 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 dun. Actually, let's just make an unofficial sequel to Running Scared. <laughs> oh god, no. No, no, no. Hanky no, Panky? No, no. Silver Streak? What's what's Hanky Panky? Wasn't that one of the wasn't that one of the other uh prior um Wilder movies? I don't know. They made four movies together, and I Were feel they like... Were all hey, in the 80s? I think the first one was in the late 70s. Oh, bummer. I was going to say we could do like a, a live Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a I, month, I a month of prior I'll be honest Wilder with you, I probably haven't seen them, so... Oh, that's it. You know, I've, I've only seen a couple of them. I, gotta I, tell, I can't honestly, even remember which ones I saw. Honestly... See No Evil, that was the one where they never were... Never saw one, that. See No Evil was the one where one of them was deaf and one of them was blind and they're on the run. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Running Scared was one of theirs, or is that... Or I'm going to think of another thing. I got to tell you... Like it's not the it's not the Richard Pryor thing that's got that's got me like because every time that somebody reminds me that he was really super open about being bisexual, like I'm like oh yeah. Oh by the way, uh, uh, just for the the sake of people yeah. who are listening to this in the future, this is right after that Quincy Jones the Quincy Jones dropped. article came out in Vulture. But what's so funny is it's like now that that's that's I I can just see Quincy Jones giving this interview. Like I can hear his voice. As someone I can't remember who put it on Twitter. It's like. It's like a whole generation suddenly discovered that not every old person is senile and uh, yes. and didn't, and it's like basically they've never talked to a an alert old person who actually lived an interesting life and and, and paid attention because like it's, making, it's but it's making my day thinking of eighties Marlon Brando 
Like, well, actually, it was technically seventies Marlon Brando. I understand that's that's, that's what it happened, but but for because my experience of Marlon Brando is actually later in his career, when he was and then a fat lunatic. Yes. So that's where I mean I I saw The Godfather obviously, but then I it was only after I saw this like big dude that I went back and watched stuff like on the waterfront and right, things yeah, like yeah. that, and I was like, oh, I see the appeal, but, oh, yeah. but it's funny yeah. to me because it's like, it's, well, yeah, this was this was seventies Brando when he was aging. He was probably in his forties, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. but uh, yeah, um, the big. Uh, the big problem I have with this story is I guess I don't really give a crap about the fact that Marlon Brando was bisexual. No, like, I don't I, What I give a crap about is that Marlon Brando is a rapist. And well, right. I, I, like, we, like, let's just... That's like, have we as a culture forgot that week where we were actually upset about him raping Maria Schneider uh, on screen with uh, Bertolucci's... Like I mean, like, we've uh, forgotten consent and, 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 and collaboration. Yeah, we've like, forgotten we, it. Like, can we... Like I'm sorry, like I like for me, like that, like that, like I wasn't even going to talk about this. I just, I just, we happened to mention Richard Pryor because of the, those the movies. Thing, yeah. Like I, like, but on, like, just on an aside, like yeah. I'm sorry, like I kind of can't really look at Marlon Brando anymore, you know. And I, and I admit, I was never part of that cult of those '50s act, like uh, actor studio actors, right? Because I like, like I, I feel like a lot of that kind of behavior, and I'm not the first to say this, like. A lot of the, a lot of them, the, the, the reputation they had about the serious artists with their intensity is that that let them get slide with like it, their their version of the method is in my mind toxic. Yes, and it's toxic masculinity because it's always men doing and like like their their modern heirs or people like fucking Jared Leto, you know, sending dead sending like rat not dead rats it was a living rat sending rats to uh to his co stars and like it's like no you prick that's not acting by the way that rat I learned. That rat that was sent to what's her name from I Tanya, uh-huh. um, who played uh, Harley Quinn in that movie. Um, you talking about Margot Robbie? Margot Robbie, I couldn't remember her name. Thank you, Margot. That rat he sent to Margot Robbie, she gave to Guillermo del Toro, and that that rat lived a happy life, uh, being being taken care of by a very large visionary director from uh, you know, Mexico, I think. Well, good. <laughs> what I, I was going, Mexico. what I was about to say, what I was about to say, William that, of the Bull, is that coming and you know I am an actor and have mm-hmm. been one for a good portion of my life since the early eighties. Yeah. Yeah, Allie yeah. was acting at the time this acting. movie was was. Being I was actually made. acting in the seventies. No, you were you were not acting when you were three. I I was four, so that would have been the eighties. The very end of that would have been the eighties. Fine. The no, 80s. no, you were born in in seventy six. You add four. It that's was true. I think that's when they took me into the yeah. yeah. But I was I was acting then. Yeah. No. So, but my so everything is, you did could be on this podcast. That's very true, actually. Let's find that brown's brown, chicken. I was going to say, find that brown's chicken commercial somewhere. Um, <laughs> Every time I think of Allie um, talking about her acting career and being a child actor and having to, like, she had to, like, eat, like, a crap load of fried chicken for this uh, brown's chicken commercial back in the early <laughs> 80s. But every time I hear this story, for some reason I picture that Mr. Show bit from the fourth season with the child star that turned into, like, it was like a Corey Feldman parody. But, like, like I, I picture Allie going, it's pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> Which I know is not what you did because they did, Brown's Chicken wasn't making pumpkin chicken. No, they were not. Oh, God. And, oh, God. That's such a thing that somebody's going to do it. You know they are. Oh, um, my God. No, no. But, you, actually, I, I'm, more, I'm, more concerned, I'm more concerned that New York will put peas on it. Ew. All right. So, so anyway. You had a point? I did. I'm so taking this podcast down as many tangents as possible. You are. And it's kind of, I would like your ADHD to kind of like chill out. It's, a not, it's not ADHD. It's pa- it's active destruction of this podcast because by showing a good movie, you've you've broken. You've broken. I want to say this about podcast. this whole method acting thing. Like, we get we you know if you go to school for long enough about this, you get taught a version of what these douchebags have taken to like a right. very very poor yeah, the Strasbourg level. school. 
Well, yeah, and you do. You get taught a certain version of it. But even then, it's not about like you have to live this life all the time and you have to be in character all the time because it really does destroy you. And one of the things... Side note, Daniel Day-Lewis is overrated. Oh, I said it. Drop the bomb. Well, (laughs) let's talk about him because he was the one I was going to bring up. It's called acting, Daniel. (laughs) Well, one of the things that happened to him that, that people forget about and don't hear about is when he was playing Hamlet, his father had just passed away. And... Uh, he spent, he used that as a sense memory, the fact that his right, father yeah. had just died, right. and basically brought that grief onto the stage every single day. He wasn't over it yet. He wasn't handling it at all very well. He was completely distraught, and he would drag his dead dad, literally, like, you know, figuratively, not literally, drag his dead father across the stage with him every single night. He had a breakdown, because that's, we're not here for therapy. You know, the whole idea is that if you're not over something ther- in your own life it doesn't you can't use it as a sense memory because what it becomes is bad well it's it's well it's it becomes a masturbatory experience well it's also really acting well with with the in the case of trauma um yes trauma like when you're when you're studying actual psychological trauma one of the problems is you you have to you have to remember that in the case of trauma just bringing up trauma to like confront it that's not how trauma works right you actually like Bringing up a traumatic event before you've internalized it is actually just causing you to relive it yep. and it's more exposure the and worse for you. Yeah, right. exposure doesn't work on true psychological trauma. Correct. Exposure exposure works on phobias. Exposure works on anxieties about things that you like that you could actually control that you like just are afraid to try. Yes, exposure does not work on legitimate trauma. Right, like that actually makes things worse. What he was doing was actually making himself worse. And I I I, I know I, I I did like a little drop the bomb of him being overrated. I do not deny that he is a very good actor, yeah, one fabulous. of the best actors yeah, of his generation. Sure. But I deny that his methodology is necessary. Agreed. And I think it probably actually gets in the way. And I've never seen a Daniel Day-Lewis performance that made me say no one on earth could do this but Daniel right. Day-Lewis. And I find that people who say that, I think they're more in love with his method than like his actual performance. I think it's I think it's a shibboleth that you when you see a Daniel Day-Lewis performance, you have to look at it and say it's the best thing possible. Right. That like this is how it's done. And it's not how it's done. And again, he's great. But there are plenty of people who are just using other techniques who are just as great and who don't, like, spend fucking three months, like, pretending to be fucking Lincoln. I'd like, to, I'd like to just say one more thing about this and then let's move back, actually, to this movie that we are mm-hmm. doing on this podcast. But my one, my one last, pe- one last thing I'd like, point I'd like to make about this, um, about, about Daniel Day-Lewis, is that I actually... I'm sure it's going to be an incredible movie or is an incredible movie, this Phantom Thread that's out I've right heard now. very good things about I've it. I've heard very good things about it, but i got to tell you, I resent the fuck out of this movie right now because I don't like anybody coming on to my, you know, on a promo and basically saying the last performance of one of the greatest actors of our time. I'm like, fuck you. You know what I mean? First of all, there's not one person that would come on and say that about any female uh, no, out no, there. No, no. They certainly wouldn't say it about a black actor. Yeah. And they certainly wouldn't yeah, hear like, him or yeah, Asian. Fucking or Glenn Close or Denzel Washington, they're not going to get that farewell tour. They're not going to get that farewell tour. Not Glenn Close. Well, Glenn Close is great too, but I was actually meaning Meryl Streep. No, Streep. Right. But in know. general, like nobody else is getting this. And it's because he's this white guy that's built this re- reputation yeah, yeah. and it pisses and plus, me off. Plus and the motherfucker, the motherfucker retires every five fucking years. That's the other years. thing I was going to say. He's going to come back. He's going to come back. He's going to do something. It's like a fucking farewell. He's not like, like, he's not like he's, oh, I'm going to go sit in my chair and read Harry Potter No, now. what he's going to do is he's going to, he's going to spend like 
four years making artisanal bread yes. somewhere in the fucking Alps. Yes. And then he's going to say, oh, I want to do another movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. give me a role. I don't yeah. care what. And then he's going to, I don't even know if he actually talks like this. I might be just doing his bit for my <laughs> left foot. My left foot, yeah. But, you know, it's like, just fuck you. Yeah. Like, like I'm sorry. I, I, I'm burning bridges here. But Daniel Day-Lewis, overrated. Let me swing. He's a great actor, but he's overrated. Let me segue this. Let me, let me midwife Let's get back to this segue back to this actual movie. Because I don't think that Judd Hirsch, Christine Lottie, River Phoenix, or... Martha Plimpton. Oh my gosh, Martha Plimpton. Oh my gosh, sorry, Martha. George Plimpton. No. I love you. Danny slash Mike. I think you're great. Anything like Daniel Day Lewis? As far as their George Plimpton in that role, it's destroying my thoughts. As far as their bullshit, so I don't think they do this shit. So no, I don't. Oh yeah. Like it's possible that River Phoenix might have because he was like young male actor, pretty boy. Like that, that, that those are the kind of guys that get drawn. Yeah, like, but from all accounts it. that I've ever read about River Phoenix, that wasn't how he he just was. Naturally well, I think he, well, I think talented. yeah. I, well, he was obviously naturally talented. Yeah. I this this podcast is pro River Phoenix. Uh, I will not I will not hear a, a, an ill word said no, of him. I love him. You know he like I I don't know about him in his personal life. Maybe he was a real dick towards the end. I Maybe. don't know. He was only twenty three when he died. So he he like me at twenty three. I was a real d bag. I'm. I'm actually yeah like there was a pretty good chance if I had River Phoenix's level of access of money and fame yeah. I probably would have died in the fucking Viper room too yeah you know like that I, I look at that as a there but for the, my own poverty go, go I yeah. you know situation seriously and uh, you know like but um I and I I like to apportion a lot of that blame to Johnny Depp just because. Yes. Uh, less blame to Gibby Haynes because, uh, you know, I like the butthole surfers. Yes. <laughs> you know, no, much more blame to Johnny Depp, you know, who should never have been. Gibby, don't work with Johnny Depp. Come on, man. Yeah. You've, you've, worked, you've worked with the greats like Al Jorgensen and the dead milkman. Why must you? <laughs> so uh, so getting back to this this film. Because... Actually, I don't know if you ever worked with the dead milkman. I know the dead milkman made a lot of references. No, I think he did. I think he appeared on Anderson Walkman Buttholes and How. So before we actually, before we get Hey, to... if, uh, if Roddy Anonymous is listening, correct me. He's not listening. <laughs> if we get... He follows me on Twitter, but I, I know. don't he also, listen to this. He liked uh, Jenny B's uh, tw- tweet the other day yeah. about her kid, which I thought yeah. was pretty cool. Um, so, but what I was going to say was uh, the, 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 the director of this movie, because I'd forgotten it was Sidney Lumet. Yeah. Um, I've I actually read. Well, let's, his, talk, let's talk about how great he is. No, that's all. We don't have to talk. He's I, just great. I actually read his biography. Or yeah. I think it was autobiography. It might have been autobiography. Yeah, and it's actually really good. Well, it's I mean, very interesting. There is. I don't think anyone could. I don't think anyone would ever accuse Sidney Lumet of not knowing how to make a movie. No, he is you great. Know? <laughs> like, and he always. Here's the thing that I always remember about Lumet's movies is that if you know it's a Lumet movie, you know that the, that he casts really well may not be the way that you would they may expect. not be superstars yeah they may not be superstars and they may not be you might go er like in case in point and nothing against Martha because I freaking love Martha Plimpton I love her I will I will go to the ends of the earth and say this that I love her but she's not somebody I would ever consider to be a romantic lead and she nails it in this movie hey, you want to know something I just learned because uh-huh. I'd never actually seen Mosquito Coast uh-huh. uh, when I was researching like to get get my facts straight on this movie um this was the second time she and River Phoenix played a romantically linked couple because they were in River Coast the year before. You mean or, 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 <laughs> River Mosquito Coast. Coast. River, River Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah, River Jude Bottom. 
That's right. Remember, we learned that exactly. his name is actually River Bottom, right, and River I, Bottom. I'm still delighted by that fact. Don't get me wrong; I just remembered it. Sorry, I, that just flowed into me. Um, but uh, but anyway, River Coast would have been his name if he was doing I don't know, like really chaste gay porn. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, I don't know what's he already did that in my he already did that in my, my own private Idaho. Idaho. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Which I like to imagine is about Duncan Idaho from Dune. No, it's nothing. No, no, no. no, no. it's, it's a, actually a fabulous He's a mintat. I have to be honest. That's actually. I've actually movie. never seen my own private it's Idaho, a, but I enjoyed the B fifty two song. It's a beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful movie, actually. By the oh my god, he, he did he did a couple of movies named after songs then because you know this movie is actually named after a Jackson Brown song. Yes. Even though the Jackson Brown song thankfully, does not appear. Thankfully, does not appear yeah. in this movie because this movie already has about. 200% more James Taylor than yeah. I would have liked, <laughs> personally, yeah. because James Taylor is part of my holy tripod of hatred of 70s music. Yeah. Um, I This is why I'll probably never make it onto one of the McElroy podcasts, because uh, I, I, I despise James Taylor, Jimmy Buffett, and the Eagles. They are the holy tripod of terrible 70s music, and I will never, ever, 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 ever acknowledge them. Okay. Other than the fact that Johnny Cash has a pretty good cover of Desperado, which means the only Eagles song that I didn't despise with every fiber of my being exists in a cover that I can listen to and not have to hear the Eagles. So running on empty. Running on empty, yeah. yeah. Um, we're we're going to be running on fumes before I mean, we get to the movie. Geez, so yeah, on. anyway, yeah, this, so... Uh, so my thing about Sidney Lumet is that he, even though he doesn't always cast the way you would think this would this would go like if you read the script you might not go with right. any of these actors maybe well, river phoenix but in general you probably might not but he does a really good job he knows how to bring actors in make a script work and make the characters for, like for the record fly. Uh, an example of how Sidney lumet really like nails casting b- despite the realities of the situation yeah. is is that like one of the problems I have, like, with especially nerd fans of, like, fans of nerd franchises like Star Wars and Marvel movies and stuff is, and they get really hung up on casting actors who look the part or right. the right age to the part or something. Like, right now, the Solo movie, there's a lot of people who are pissed off that Arden, Aaron, like, or whatever, I can't Doesn't remember. look like. Doesn't look like a 20-year-old yeah, Harrison, uh, Harrison Ford. Ford. You know, jerk me off twice. Yes. Isn't the same height as Harrison Ford, yeah, et cetera. You know, these same people, half the time, they don't, they, they have no problem with the fact that Daniel Craig and Pierce Brosnan look nothing alike. Right. But, um, but they like he casts Judd Hirsch as a guy who says it, who is said to be born in 1944, yes. and Judd Hirsch is born in 1935. Judd Hirsch is ten years too old to play the character. Like, do, like, but like he brings this like he has like this weird like almost Abby Hoffman esque vibe yes, to him. Yes. Like you can see him as an aging like like Jewish diaper baby yes. like like born in the late 40s from like you know with communist parents red diaper baby not not yeah. not diaper baby yeah. a red, red diaper, diaper baby, baby. He, actually uses that. he actually he actually calls, calls himself, himself that, that. Yeah. which uh, those were the re- those that was a real term for kids yeah. and they were predominantly Jewish because it was usually it was people like it was you know like people who are in the communist, communist party, party people of like like the very era. yeah like who had their like these babies like they'd have little children that were raised like in these ultra communist households right you know, in the middle of America, you know, like, and so that that's a real term. And, but Hirsch nails that kind of feel. Like, he feels like a guy, and, and like, and, and, and I, I, he does a very nuanced performance of this guy who's not a saint. No. He has principles and beliefs, but like, they, but like, he's a good man, but not a perfect man. And right. I think, I think that's like, it's like this, in general, this movie uh, really does a great job of, of dealing with that. And with, there's one exception I have, and I think it's just the milieu of the of when the movie was made and who was making it. Yeah, and we can get to that. And we'll get to that later yeah. if we ever get to this movie. Let's get so to the movie. So let's go ahead and get to the movie. This movie begins, like all great movies, with a swear word. 
Yes. Yeah, it begins with River Phoenix going, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Um, but it, it's it starts with uh, uh, River Phoenix is playing. I can't like his name is Danny, Danny. like his given name, yes. but he's going to for most of the movie you're going to know him as Mike. Yeah, or Michael. Michael. Yeah. yeah. Um, because uh, part of this movie is the fact that they're that essentially, and I'll, we'll lay the premise out now. This family's on the run yep. due to the parents being involved in uh, a bombing incident. Uh, ra- their parents were radicals, uh, anti-war radicals, and there was a bombing that injured a man, and they've been on the run since like 1972 or 71. Something like that. You know, since, yeah, basically they... since, since Danny was two years old, they've been on the run. It's the only world he knows. Yes. And But he's playing baseball, and yeah. he's, he's striking out, but like trying really hard yeah. like to play. And, you know, and he's, you know, and, and a friend of his comes up who has a strangely deep voice. Oh, yeah. Like, it's first really of all, like, like, before, like. He sounds like a middle-aged it, man. First of all, it sounds like, he, it almost sounds like he's looped by, like, a 45-year-old black man. Yes, that's very strange. But it's strange. like this, but like, he's just like this, you know, like, skinny white teenager yeah. with a mullet. But, like, basically, like, he's like, why are you, why are you trying out for baseball? Why, yeah. why, you know, like, he's like, you're not very good at it. He's yeah. like, it's my life. Yeah. You know? Which is weird because it's not his life for the rest of the movie, you know? I, I feel like he's pretending oh, to course. love baseball I to like but, to, to fit in to fit in but like but he he's walking home from tryouts he makes the team by default just yeah. because there's not enough people right and he's going home and he's suddenly, riding his bike home. and suddenly he sees a car yeah and he stops and he turns around he pretends to fix his bike pre- pretends to fix his bike sees another car and like turns his bike around and takes and starts taking off paths and and driving crooked throws his bike away runs somewhere to a house like he calls a dog, takes a shoe over, and calls a fat old dog over to bring the shoe inside to Harry. To Harry, and uh, which, like, by the way, I love that this, that Harry turns out that Harry sounds like he should be so a fifty-two-year-old. Yeah, sounds like he should be right, exactly this older guy, and <laughs> but he turns like, out to and, be this like, like kid ten-year-old kid. This ten-year-old kid who I looked him up, and he's not really been in anything else I've seen, but he looks super familiar. I think he was he, in Slaves he, of New York. You know what I think he actually looks like? He looks a lot like, and it's not the same kid because the movie was made like twenty years later. Yeah, he looks like the therapist kid. From the original Wet Hot American Summer, the one who talks to Molly Shannon, mm, mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like you know, the one who's like, like giving her the back rubs, and like they end up in a relationship, and it's really creepy and weird. But he he actually sounds like he smokes because yeah, he's got that really all, like yeah, he's, yeah. He's, like, he's like he's like oh my god, he's baby Herman. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But anyway, so that, like he's like okay, we gotta go, and he walks out with one thing. It's this like very long case, yeah, and that's it. They don't have anything else. Yeah, with they, them. they go on. Yeah, they, they take go the on dog. They take then, the case. And, and they, they and they, and, that, and that case we learn later is because we'll, there's no reason to do spoilers for this. It's a practice key, practice board. What do they call it's it? A pra- they call it a practice board. It's a keyboard. Yeah, but it's obviously like it's it's not it doesn't have power to it. Yeah, there's you no never, amp. Like I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it's a synthesizer. I think it's actually a practice keyboard. I yeah, think it's like I I don't I'm not I don't think it's a like a Casio. I think it really is just a keyboard. Yeah, with no. It's designed sound. for people to practice their fingering. Yes. like. You're like I'm pretty sure that's a thing that exists. Yeah, and because like you see him later in the movie playing it, and he's actually playing it without like any sound. Yeah, he doesn't have and headphones he, or anything like yeah, in, they, like yeah, plugged like he's in. Just, like it's obviously he's just working on his fingering for yeah. piano playing. And they 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 run. They find the parents who are, the parents are leaving a meeting with a guy yeah. who at first I thought was Ed Begley Jr. But then, like, <laughs> but they're it's, they're obviously at this like this like community like left leaning group like protesting environmental stuff. They're in Florida, by the way. Yeah. Which I could tell they're in Florida because it looked almost exactly like I grew where I grew up, but not quite right. Right. Because I grew up on coastal South Carolina, which is a slightly different climate than Florida, but yeah. very close. Yeah. Like we have different kinds of we have palmetto trees. They have more like palm trees. Right. Like right. like, but it, it very much felt like the coastal sea island in South Carolina that I grew up on. I was like, it was. I had a weird moment of nostalgia, like watching that. But it um, 
so they're they, they're talking about a meeting and 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 like they're like you should go and and Judd Hirsch by the way has a big thick beard you know and it and, and he like looks like he looks like an old hippie you know and they're like you know and he's like no I, I can't make it you you could do it and like he's like and he goes over to see his wife uh, who's waiting by the van Christine, by Lottie. Christine Lottie who I know actually as the alcoholic DA from those couple of seasons in the middle of SVU's of that, run right like long after the show had jumped the shark but before it had gotten absolutely stupid ridiculous <laughs> by the way that show is still running and yes, that is it a is. sin against yes, humanity um, I mean as funny as it is to see Ice-T has played a cop longer than he's uh, longer than he's even saying about cop killing <laughs> It's pretty amazing, yeah. um, but um, eh, he's always been a pimp when you get down to it. Make, mm. make, make, it's always about the hustle with Ice T. Um, Every day is hustling. But um, like he tells her, like how to go. He's like, I managed to convince them to go, and so they wanted me to go to this. And obviously, you imply obviously they can't go. He they, they, he can't go and say, show his face in public too much. Right. He's community organizing, but on a very low like scale. Like under right on the back. And like burner. that's we learn that's what he does everywhere he goes. Yes. Like he does his best to unionize places. Like set up soup kitchens and things. Like he's always he's he's always trying to work for the greater good, but he can't like make a name for himself. Right. So they all get in this van and they basically just gone. Well, no. So Christine Lottie and and uh, and uh, and Judd Hirsch get in the van and then she looks over and sees. The the, oh yeah, they see the kids see and the kids, kids are like and they're like oh no and they end up like they drive off somewhere and they, they end up having to leave the dog behind, which, oh, is which a shame. broke my heart. And which gives me the logical thing of they had they obviously they're on the run a lot. They managed to train this old dog to fetch fetch shoes to a specific person. Like, that's pretty impressive, considering I mean, they couldn't have had the dog my, for very long. My, well, and what I was going to say was I think it seemed like they I think been, that dog was a stray. Well, that dog might have been a stray, but I also think that they probably were in this place a little longer than Probably most. a little longer. It felt like... But that dog was leaving, also old. Yeah. But it also felt like they were leaving something that they had been pretty established in. Right. It didn't feel and like so, it, they were... And so, yeah. Right. And, and this is, this is by the way, a fairly long movie. Yes. Um, like, I, I kept joking with Ali every time we paused it, like, God, we still got another hour of this? I mean, I liked the movie, but it, like, it's just, it's a very long movie. You're you're in for it. Yeah. It's it's it, it almost feels like it's telling a story more like a novel tells a story. Yeah, but it's really well done. It's really well done. It's an excellent yeah. movie. Yeah. I, I like no 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 spoiler uh you know but yeah. I yeah it's a good movie. Um well, there's plenty of spoilers. <laughs> what am I talking it's about? Putting, the whole thing's a spoiler. Like cuz they, they they basically the next like I am going to say like about 20 minutes of the movie is kind of unfurling how they set up a new life. Right. So they end up at a motel. And they're dying hair different. Like they're like, we're going to be blonde this time and blue eyes. And like, you know. So she, she turns her hair a little red. But the boys become blonde. Her shaves his beard. Her sh- yeah, Judd Hirsch shaves his beard. By the way, his name is Artie P- Arthur Pope. Artie Pope, and she's uh, Annie Pope. And uh, but they go. They every time they go, and you see actually you see a really cool scene where he goes and like he says he's doing research for an article and yes. he needs old newspapers. And what he was doing is looking for an obituary of someone born who died as a baby. Yes. Or young like I think the, the it was a three year old. It was a three year old. It was nineteen forty seven and it was a three year old dying, which was like like so he's looking for someone close enough to his age. And this is back in the days before everything was all computerized. Right. Like this was a micro this, this plot could not work now because what he no. did was basically go to the Hall of Records, get get enough information to get himself a new copy of a driver's license. Like he managed to like he paid kinda, three bucks. Yeah. He basically basically managed just to sweet talk himself into getting a, a, a like a new ID and all this, and so they can create this new life. Right. They still have a network of people helping them. Yes, there's uh, an underground yeah, um, leftist. The chief group. from uh, the Carmen De- the Carmen San Diego uh, game show, uh, uh, Lynn Lynn Thigpen, who I know as the DJ from the Warriors. Which, by the way, I've had a couple of people say that we should on special anniversary episodes do movies from 1979 or 1990, Maybe. and I have basically one from each of those years that I. 
if we ever do that, then I like we've got the Warriors and Gremlins two on deck if that ever happens because the Warriors is such a great movie and I'm so sad that it's not the eighties because okay. I would show it to you in a minute. But she plays she's the first one um, other other than you know like to say Warriors come out and play uh-huh. uh, on like you and by the way you only see her you only see her mouth. Kind of movie. like in Carmen San Diego. Yeah, but you only see her mouth. Like in oh. Carmen San Diego, you see her face. She's, oh, I guess she's you chief. do. She's yeah, I guess chief. you do. She's at a yeah. desk. But like you, but the funny thing is, she's got like such a recognizable like mouth. Yeah, like, yeah. like she's got slightly bucked teeth and yeah. like like it just like it's really like it's one of those things where you like if you know her face, you're like, oh my god, yeah, that's definitely her. But yeah, she she's like she you, like there's a lot of shots of like needles going on the record, and she's like. She's basically sending secret messages to the gangs, uh-huh. like at, on a Why radio are we talking show. about this movie? Because it's such a great movie, and we're okay. never going to watch it. Can we? Can we go back to this? But anyway, anyway Lindsay so, Bitt is on for two seconds. She basically takes the keys to their they van, they switch vans, and 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 they get a new van, and, and they and, end up in and, and they end up in New Jersey. They're in, yeah, they're in New Jersey. Waterford, it, yeah, Waterford, New, new Jersey. Jersey. And like for like for the longest time, I could not figure out where the hell they I were. couldn't either. It was I definitely were, colder. It was definitely northeast. And it was like well, I thought at first like what, what's funny is for a brief period, I actually thought they were in Chicago. Oh, like because there yeah. was like a there was this one shot that looked very Chicago-y, yeah. but it was only for that shot. And then the next shot, I'm like, no, this isn't Chicago. Never yeah. mind. I but like for just a second, I'm like, this could easily be like like the southwest part of Chicago because they were in a city. Yeah. Like it, like there was they, a Chinatown. There was, was a China. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, not Southwest. Yeah, Chinatown China would have been more like South, just South. Yeah. But like it looked vaguely Chinatowny. It looked like the Chicago Chinatown because it looked small. Yeah. Like Chicago has a surprisingly small Chinatown for for as big a city as it is. Um, I think the Vietnamese slash Thai area up in Argyle is the same size. It probably is. Um, so they. So anyway, they, um, they. He switches vans. They now have a new van. They find a house. They, they register the kids they for register school, the, and they yeah. and they have this whole bluffing thing. Of, and this is another thing because before computers, right. you could say, "Yeah, I just I can't find the, the yeah, records. I, I, I must have lost records. it in the move." Yeah, and you could like they could get away with that bluffing, and so and and there's electives that you can choose and. Danny slash now his name is Michael and yeah. there's a scene their where they're rehearsing. Is, their last name is now Mansfield and or Manfield. Manfield, Manfield. not Mansfield. And, right, Manfield. Manfield and Paul. Paul is now uh, Artie. Artie is Paul. Artie is Paul. What's her name? I can't remember. Cynthia. I can't, Cynthia. I can't remember any of the other names. I think it's Cynthia. Cynthia. And, yeah. And he and the little boy who is who is Harry is Stephen and they're all Manfield and and Danny is Michael. So yeah, it's just because that we'll we'll probably switch in and out of that because they're it's a little confusing because of the way that they call their characters. So right and. And basically, uh, and Cynthia uh, gets a gets a, a job that pays cash only. Obviously, she's working under the table, right? And that way, she doesn't. Because it it just occurred to me that uh, that he technically Paul is the only like, slash Artie is the only one. When I'm gonna probably stick with calling him by the actors' yeah, names because it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be easier. Much to easier, figure, yeah. You know, like. Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch is the only one that actually has an idea of a person that really existed. Right. So he's the only one that could actually get paid for reals. Paid over the table yeah. with like, you know, like. like. And he gets a job uh, as a as a cook. I think a, he's a cook. In, a, in an he's Italian a, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Which is great because he can take home. Yeah, and he actually is a, and he is a cook. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and you see them like, obviously they're, they're, they're they barely live on the grid. They're, they're, oh, going they're, back to what the electives were, he decides to choose music and home ec. And home ec because his dad's cook. So yeah. this was like, let yeah, me get and, he, and music because he loves music. Because he, he's the one that was playing on the practice practice board you, right. you find out very early on that river phoenix is his character um is yeah he's a, a he, pretty accomplished musician um yeah. and when i say accomplished i don't mean that he's like done a lot i mean like he's actually just a virtuoso um very talented and has just this innate right yeah ability. it's yeah he's an he's an innate music and you learn that the first the first time you see him in a, in a class environment it's a they you know he's it's a music class and the and the music to the music professor comes in. The music professor is a teacher. Yeah. Like I can't remember his name, Mr. Wilcox, Mr. 
I can't remember. Phillips? Phillips. Maybe that's, yeah, Phillips. It was a name. It was a generic white guy. Generic white guy. (laughs) Yeah, but Mr. Phillips, he's like a, you know, balding comb over, you know, guy. And like, he's obviously in his 50s or early 60s. And he comes in and hits play on a tape recorder, a tape player. And sort of with like an impish look, it starts playing what is Lucky Star by by Madonna. Madonna. You know, and the the audience, like the the class, the the class starts getting up and dancing. dancing. And by the way... I am impressed with this movie's uh, act, like actually having a demographically mixed class. Yeah, it was really well done. Like a lot of Hollywood movies forget that like these but like these poor urban areas are going to have a lot more diversity. Yes. Than like a suburban, you know, place. I mean, they're kind of in the suburbs, but they're like a, like they're kind of neat. They're, they're like they're, in the exurbs. Like, no, 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 they're not in the exurbs. That's way out. Oh, is that they're, way out? Is they're that like more out? like they're in like a suburb that's more like an Oak Park or an Evanston. I was thinking Evanston. That's what I was yeah. thinking. They're yeah. in like a, a suburb that's clearly. But they're still next connected to, a to something, but they're not quite. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an urban suburb. Yeah. Oh, you're right. The exurbs is like exurbs way is out. way the hell. You're out right. There. That's like rural almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah exurbs are basically yeah. They're 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 not they're not small. They're larger. Towns that are far too far away from a like they're their own bases. Yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. I, I was, yeah. yeah, I was mis- Yeah. Anyway, so so the, but, um, he's yeah. in this class and he plays that, and then, and then and then afterwards he plays a piece of Beethoven. Yeah, Beethoven. Beethoven. <laughs> Beethoven. Which is the which is the South, South Carolina way of, of pronouncing Hello. it. Beethoven is what I. I never say it that way either. Beethoven. That's weird. Like, I just channel my mother there. My mother Be- used to call Walter Mondale Walter Mondale. He doesn't call it out. He just plays it. He says, and, Let's and he try. says, "Can you tell me the difference in these two pieces yes. of music?" And people are saying basic things like. Like one is classical and one is pop. One is good and one is and bad. like and he's like and I will say to the music teacher's credit, he says, well, the good and bad are opinions. Yeah. Like because like like because obviously the guy who was saying that was saying that because he wanted like he thought that's what his music appreciation teacher wanted him to right, say. Right. You know, and and eventually like they call on they call on uh, river on River Phoenix and he says, well, it's like one you can't one, you can't you can't dance, dance to Beethoven, Beethoven is what he's like. and he didn't say it was Beethoven. Yeah, that's so, what I was saying earlier. So, like, he didn't say it river was Phoenix Madonna. Obviously knew the it was teacher Beethoven. did not say it was Beethoven or Madonna. Yeah. So, so the fact that River Phoenix comes in with knowing it's Beethoven, and it wasn't like the it wasn't entry level Beethoven, it wasn't da 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 da. Yeah, you know? no, it wasn't. It was Beethoven. it was a more it was a more like you would have to be someone who right. was you'd have to music. know. Like right. you, it's not it's not something that like it's not like the fifth or the ninth or Moonlight Sonata like like the ones the the ones everyone knows by Beethoven. Yes. It wasn't those. It was it was it was just for release. It wasn't that. It was. It was a little. I don't know actually which piece it was, but it was. It was like it was something that wasn't entry level. Right, right. Like to know it's Beethoven means you actually have some familiarity Somebody who knows, with right. classical music, right? You know, or technically some familiarity with Baroque music. Yeah. Not Baroque music. Nope. What romantic? Romantic. Baroque was before classical. So sorry, uh, I was deciding to be pedantic because technically classical music is really a tiny re- window of time. <laughs> so anyway, so after the class, um, he calls him back over and says, you know, you you know, uh, where are you from and why do you know so much about music? And you know, d- you know, uh, River Phoenix has to kind of like lie his way through it, like, oh, you know, I don't know a lot and blah blah blah. And he's like, well, we have to find you an instrument because everybody in the class has to have an instrument. He's like, well, I already play the piano and he's like well let me let me hear something so he sits down and he starts playing and it's beautiful and you know whatever and he's finished um and he kind of ends it with a little jazzy piece he, he actually it's actually not just a jazzy piece he actually ends it with a working in of lucky star oh is that what it was yeah he actually oh. plays the madonna thing but he kind of jazzes, jazzes it, up. it up like yeah. it's it's like it's 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 an it's it's like it's kind of like the scene in amadeus where mozart does the improvisations based on salieri's music right 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 like you know like it's like he adds in a little bit of like flair fla- and flourish to it yeah you know and, but throws in a little lucky star at the end kind of is like uh, it, it, it was like sort of a musical joke kind yeah. of a ah, look what i can do yeah. kind of like it, like it, it, it had that like you know like that kind of a you know like 
Yeah, well, it, I can't remember the line. Never mind. I, I, I'm going with something that I can't remember how okay. to say. So, so anyway, so the teacher is obviously very impressed with him, and he asks him, you know, if he has a a, a piano at home, right. and he says, Oh, no. and, and and by the way, you can tell like that he actually is impressed with the teacher because he actually starts taking notes. That's like, right. He's That's sitting right. back, not paying attention, but when the teacher actually starts saying, starts talking about the reason it, he talks about why it can't be danced to is you know, and, rhythm and, and, and tempo, and, and, rhythm and tempo, and how like like classical music is like 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 that dance music is designed to keep a four, locked four. Uh, a 4/4 four, four locked rhythm right. so that you can dance the whole way through right. whereas classical music is not designed for dancing it's designed for listening and it's a different kind of experience right. you know and, and like and and like river sort of stops and goes oh and starts taking notes because this is this is like he's obviously a, like a self-taught musical prodigy but he doesn't have the fundamentals. Right, he doesn't have the theory. And he, he doesn't, doesn't have, have the, the theory, basics. and so now he's suddenly hearing something he's fascinated by. Right. That maybe, I don't think at any point in his life up to now, he's had that opportunity. Right. Because I mean, I I remember the last music class I had to take was, in, I, I was uh, fresh. No, I wasn't even a fresh. No, it was middle school. I didn't have to take music in high school. Yeah. I yeah, the last music class I had to take was in middle school, and it was real basic stuff. It was like, yeah, here's a recorder, yeah. you know, like it wasn't. There was not like there was no theory behind it. There was no right. even talking about different. Like I took a music appreciation class in college. Yeah, me too. You know, like you know, because it was the. It's literally the only music class that people who aren't musicians can take that actually makes any sense. Well, I thought it was really an interesting <laughs> music theory is like well, part music of hell. appreciation also it gives you a nice history of music. Well, which yeah, is it, actually, it, what's so cool about it. So. Well, like it, well. Without that music appreciation class, I wouldn't have ever said, "Oh, well, classical is a narrow window." Right, you know? right, right. You know, like I would, like. Yeah. By the way, my uh, my music appreciation professor was actually an expert on medieval and and Renaissance musical uh, musical instruments. Almost said musical weapons, musical instruments, and uh, so I, I actually saw a real live sackbut being played. Wow! Yes, the sackbut. The sackbutt. and numerous and numerous other. He was yeah. He was he was a wood instrument player, and he played like all the like. He played a lot of, uh, he, there was a ton of different weird wood instruments that he owned that were like really archaic. Very uh, cool. So anyway, um, I guess uh, before we go in, I just want to say like that kind of, it's kind of funny. Like uh, we always do like the, hey, here's the thing, the, the other movies we're going to refer to here yeah. that we've done. I want to say this movie in some ways is kind of like if the Binnaker Gang was written for grownups. <laughs> no, because it's about people on the run yeah. forming a new life, yeah. like trying to hide their past. But it's done from the point of view of how would you really do this? Yes. As opposed to, oh, we'll just go somewhere and live our lives. And how could you really do this at the time it was actually done? Because what they would have to do today would be so different well, oh, than what course. you could do back right, then. Right, of course. Well, they wouldn't have known how to do it in the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I understand that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's it's so yeah. of its time right. because it, there's no computers. Well, it's also of no its time phones. because, again, this movie is really about, like, like this movie doesn't work. If they're on the run for anything other than a, it has to be something they're sympathetically on the run right, for. Right, exactly. And like the last time this culture was, uh, like mainstream culture was sympathetic with people like that would have been like people who are against the Vietnam War. Right, because they, so, they were blowing up was a a, a, a building that actually was um, creating na- napalm. Yeah, they were, and and and, and uh, yeah, and what happened was there was someone there that wasn't. There supposed was a janitor, to who and was and there I guess now night. it's time for our our John's history lesson aside oh, here boy. because. This was actually based on a real, like there's a lot of real things, you yes. know, like, but the, the the event that they were doing was based on the Sterling Hall bombing that happened at the University of Madison, uh, Wisconsin, uh, or University of Wisconsin-Madison, pardon me, which was uh, basically there was, they were trying to bomb, there was a, U, the U.S. Army, like Army Math something, like it's something about, like basically, like, you know what, let me, let me check. Why don't you pull it up? So Army Mathematics not- Research Center was, it was a, a think, a government think tank that did like, you know, like calculations for the government uh, for military purposes. Right. 
and a group a group of four people who's I don't we won't get the names but anyway they drove a van full of explosives into this lab at 3:42 a.m. Uh-huh. but it turns out there was a guy in the physics department a couple of people in the physics department there in the middle of the night doing research it killed a 33 year old physics professor who had nothing to do with the, the US military effort right. and injured a few other people right um, and basically destroyed most of the physics department uh, of the of the university wow and so these four people were basically they they thought they were they were trying to do a not violent against people. They were trying to do a violent protest against the institution. Right. Like they tried to do it in the middle of the night when no one would get hurt, but they still managed to kill an innocent person. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what this is. Ba- they're, they're, that's based on. So the and, gen- and yeah, and the janitor didn't actually die in this movie. No, he, he was, was just blinded and he was paralyzed. blinded and paralyzed. But uh, you know, but yeah, but so still. which would help them make them even more sympathetic. Yeah. No one like at least they didn't kill anyone. Yeah. You know. But uh, those four people, they were on the run for a while. They got, I, I think they all got caught. Um, I, I'm not, I didn't do enough research deep into it. But, um, but that was a very, uh, and, and on a side note, while we're here, the characters of Artie and, uh, Annie. And, and, Annie, and Annie Pope are based on uh, right, famed right wing, uh, you know, punching bag, punching bag of the right wing. Obama's supposed mentor, Bill Ayers, mm. and and his wife, whose uh, name is escaping me, Bernadine, Bernadine Dorn? Bernadine Dorn, is that her name? Yeah, Bernadine Dorn, who are still alive, live in Chicago now. They're mm. no longer on the run. They turned themselves in in 1980. They were members of the Weather Underground, huh. uh, which was you know, a very radical uh, wing of the anti-war movement that uh, did some bombings. They actually... Uh, to and, and honestly, I've heard Bill Ayers make this defense before. To their credit, the Weather Underground—the only people they ever killed were themselves, hmm. because uh, three members died in a in an it, like died in an explosion when they were making bombs. Oh wow! And uh, they, the Weather Underground, never actually bombed inhabited buildings. Uh, you know, like just just to keep just to keep my crazy radical bona f- bona fides out. Uh, you know, I, I yeah. don't I don't have the the like automatic dismissal of of the of the more violent wing of the of, of radical leftists in the sixties because I get what they were going for right you know, the honest truth is the Vietnam like all that like hugging and loving and uh, you know putting flowers in gun barrels is not what ended the Vietnam War at all the the Vietnam War ended when it became unprofitable well sure to keep doing we it. all know that and in the it wasn't until the mainstream American public was like God we're not going to win the Vietnam War ended because we realized we weren't going to win it it right. didn't end because anyone decided the war was good. Right, you know, so like decided the war was bad for like, you know. right, and like, and that again is part of my problem. With this movie, I'm gonna go ahead and bring it up now. We'll get it all out of the way. Get it all out of the way, baby. Is later in the movie, uh, Christine Lottie talks to her father, who, by the way, another Law and Order connection, also played on Law and Order. Um, what Adam, did he, he played Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff on Law and Order. Uh, but in this movie, he doesn't look. He, I, until we looked it up, we did not know because he doesn't look a thing like he no. did then. He has a mustache and more hair. And his face is not nearly as lined. And he actually he was heavier too. Yeah. Like he obviously lost weight in his face since then. But um, but she goes to her rich dad and they, they have this confrontation later in the movie, and we'll find out why yeah. when we get there. But part of the thing she she talks about her regrets about all this and how you know like basically how the war like it's all over because the war's over. 
And I really had a problem with that because that is the, that is a comfortable Hollywood liberal view of the yeah. Vietnam War anti-war effort that because the war ended, everything's over. Actually, no, she has that discussion with her friend. Her Gus. friend, Gus, yeah. It's, it's not her father. Yeah. The, the, her father, she just expresses regrets and so yes. she's going to turn herself in. Yes. You know, when, but, once once Harry is old enough and doesn't need her. Right, yeah, but we'll worry about that later. Yeah. But yeah, like, but the fact is that she, the way she expresses, like, like she's like, you know, the war is over, so the struggle's over kind of made me go, like, that was a very... Fuck you, baby boomers. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of wars still going on at, at this point in time. Right. You know, so that that's the only problem I had with this movie was, like, not not really facing up to the fact that the Vietnam War, like, it, it, like, again, being against the Vietnam War, you know, like, was great. But if, like, if that's, if, if once that war was over, you were like, well, we've done it. We've changed humanity. Then fuck you. That's, yeah. that's like the people that once Obama was elected were suddenly didn't really care either way about the Iraq War. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, you just hated Bush. You right. didn't hate war. Right. right. You know. Right. But, so, uh, but anyway, that's, that, that's the end of my political soapbox. Thank, anyway. Thank God. So in, in between that time, we learned basically that Harry loves to run around in his underwear. Oh and my he, God. And, he, like... and he collects baseball cards. This was just before the baseball card boom. Yeah. 88, 89 was around the time baseball cards got super big. Yeah. So you, know. uh, you find out that, um, so, so you find out that, uh, right at the end of the, the thing with the piano is that the teacher says, do you have a piano at home? And he says, no. And he says, well, he's like, we'll find you a piano. He's like, you should come over and play on my Steinway sometime. I think he says it's a Steinway at his house. Yeah, yeah. Um, at my house. At my house one, one, my of these, heist. My heist one of these days. Going dine. <laughs> Going dine. Um, That's an elevator that we, in one of uh, one of the doctor's offices in this area. Um, so, uh, so he's, so we, we sort of leave that. And when, uh, uh, Danny River Phoenix gets home you find out that this is when we find out that everybody has jobs and that the kid Stephen slash Harry ha- is into baseball cards and he traded uh, was it a Jose Canseco? No it was uh, it was no it was a Fer- Fernando Valenzuela Oh Fernando that's what he got but what he traded No 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 he traded a Valenzuela for, for a Duke Snyder For Duke Snyder Valenzuela was a pitcher who was just now at, at that point like in the early 80s Valenzuela was a pitcher for the Dodgers he did really well like, he was one of those guys who was good, but not great. Right. Like, for a couple of seasons, he was, like, a super ace, but he was never going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. Like, he didn't have the career numbers for it. Duke Snyder is an older player who was a Hall of Famer, uh, like, like from ages and ages before. Yeah. You know, like, the 50s, I think, was his was his main era. I think, in fact, I think he, he might have been, he might have been the one who managed the 69 Mets, and I, but I can't, I think, I think, yeah, like, he, he, he was a, like, he's like, this card's an antique, it's worth yeah. $20, and to be honest, he made a better trade. Yeah, of course he did. Valenzuela's card. I mean, baseball cards in general went dry. Like the the bubble burst on those. Like you know, only a few years after this. Right. But at that time, what he was like, yeah, Valenzuela's cards value was definitely about to go down, and Snyder's was going to probably stay about the same. So he he did make a good deal. Yeah. And um, um, and then, and then when you find out, uh, then they're eating whatever, blah blah. And you also you find out later, but it's interesting because now I think back to this moment. You find out that um, that that uh, at least Artie is a vegetarian. Yeah, I think they're all vegetarians. I think they are all are too. Oh, yeah, they're, they're they're all hippies. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, like yeah, bar, yeah. It's obvious that Artie's a vegetarian. Like there's a joke. Well, he makes a joke about the fact he's got to be careful. Like the, the kid wants to use the knife, and he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, you see, I'm a vegetarian. I don't need pieces of finger in my food." Right, right, right. That's later. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, so so anyway, so they finish. The, they do the dinner thing, and then I think it's the next day they cut into where. Uh, oh, oh, that's what it is. River Phoenix says he has to cut school the next day. Yeah. And Artie the, says why, and he says because you're doing school pictures. Right. Yeah. It's like so you don't want any pictures floating around. Yeah. You, you got to be. You gotta, yeah. Be yeah like the, the whole, the whole, the whole game. The name of the game and being on the run is, you know, obviously you, you keep a low profile. You right. don't do anything that can be 
construed it. Yeah, like you don't you don't get in the paper. You don't you right. don't do anything. Well, I mean, the Binnaker Gang had that whole thing. Yes. You know, like we don't want to get in the paper. You don't want to show up. You yeah. Know? You got to look. You got to be very. You got to be. You know. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I think the next real big thing that happens is he, he, he like well, while, he's cutting school, while he's cutting school, he yeah. goes over to and it's funny that he knocks and expects them to be home in the first place because. Um, school's on. Yeah, but that doesn't mean maybe the mother's home. Yeah, that's true. But he, yeah, he knocks on the door. Does like it's and of course, wow, this is an '80s thing. The door's unlocked, and he walks in. And he just walks in. I was like, whoa, dude. He rings the bell. He knocks the door. Nobody. He's like, hello, him. hello. Yeah. And then um, and you see, and he sees the piano, and he just goes over. And He's starts just like playing. obviously just compelled yeah. to go. Play. And I was thinking, I was thinking, this is around the time I noticed that, like, you know, like this movie is missing one of the key elements of movies you show me, which is a brilliant young brunette girl uh-huh. being put into danger. Yeah. <laughs> but it does have another key element that's also an added to the infinite power, which is a piano. Yes. <laughs> which is, I was like, oh, this is why Allie likes this movie. <laughs> so he starts playing and um, you we then... And it cuts to upstairs, upstairs and you see that we have the final, like we have the fourth main build character, build actor in this movie. Martha Plimpton makes her appearance. She's in headphones listening to obviously rock music of some sort. So she can't hear him. Right. And, uh, you know, at first. And, you know, like gradually, basically she kind of like like cuts back to him and playing and her sitting there and stuff. Like I think the song ends and she's like. Mm. Yeah, she, she takes her headphones off to go do something. And she's like, what is going on here? Like I can hear the piano playing. So she goes downstairs and she, she sees him play and she's watching. And it's funny because she's not nervous or worried. She's really bemused by the fact that he's in her house. I don't, I don't even think she's bemused. I think she's almost just sort of like, eh. What? Yeah, like, why the hell are you here? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's not even bemusement, because bemusement implies a little bit, like, a little bit more negativity. I guess, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm one of those people who only uses bemusement correctly. Sure. Bemuse, a lot a lot of people use use bemusement to mean, like, amused in a confused way, mm-hmm. but that's not what it means at all. Okay. Bemusement actually means that you have a negative feeling about it, but don't know what to think. You're confused and feel vaguely negative. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, you know, my one little, my one little concession to, to pedantry. It's my forte. Oh, oh, ooh. <laughs> oh, I will beat you. So anyway, um, and so basically she comes down and, he finishes she, and, playing. They, and they have like a, they have like a bantery yeah. sort of thing where he's like, you know, your dad said I could come over and she's like, so you just came in. He's like, well, I knocked and no one answered, you know. And she's like, like, so you just came in. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right. And we have tight rolls. Yeah. She has tight rolls on her jeans. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this okay. movie is 1988. Yeah, it sure is. So she finished. So they have this kind of a conversation. By the way, check the MMIS uh, feed for uh, for for Allie and. Um, oh yeah, in my Z Cavaricis. Uh, we actually have it. We have a we have a picture of her brother, but not in his cool prom suit. No, no, I gotta find that picture. Yeah, every, it's so funny. All the people who saw that picture on Twitter were asking me like, "Who's that jacked dude with her? <laughs> like that guy? That dude looks like he could eat you for lunch, John." Yeah. I'm like, "Well, he probably could, but it's her brother, so yeah. I don't think we have. A, I don't think I have to worry about him being jealous." Yeah, we're okay. You know, it's like no, no, he's a. Your brother's a good, your brother's a, he's a, he's a bro. He's, yeah. he's, he's fine. He's yeah. good. He's, he's good, good dude. He's good. He's not a bro in the negative sense. No, like, he's a bro yeah. in a good sense. No, no, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Uh, but anyway, so, so, so anyway. So, so he, you know, she basically kind of like questions <coughs> him and he's, you know, he, he's a loot, like he's being elusive or, you know, evading yeah. the questions. Right. And he finally sort of like. And leaves. I will say he, he actually does do the perfect level of thing to charm someone he doesn't talk a lot about himself right. and he's polite but effusive. Yes. Like, like not effusive. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? 
It's not effusive. Yeah. But like he's he's elusive. I guess elusive. maybe is what I'm going for. I think for. that's what I said too. I was like, yeah. I think it's elusive is the word. Yeah, I'm yeah. For. Like he's uh, like he's he's not like a bad boy in a sense of like mean. No. But he's a man. He's got mystery without being a dick. Yeah. You know, and he plus, he, plus he looks like he looks like River Phoenix. He's a pretty boy. He's dodging questions, but he's you know, but you know, I mean, he's not mean about he's it. Mean he's not about blowing it. her off. Yeah. He's just like he keeps changing the subject, right. and like he's really good at it. Yeah, and she points that out later. Yeah, she you does. Know? You know, but um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that my notes don't really cover all the events here, so no, I think we're gonna probably fine. we're gonna probably like have to kind of skip a little that's bit fine. around because I, I we don't need to go molecular here. No, essentially. It, the next day, the teacher kind of gets on his case about, like, because he finds out that, like, I hear you showed up at my house. He doesn't really call him on the fact that he obviously cut school. Yeah, not at all. But he, he but he is like, you know, like, hey, don't break into my house, yeah, basically. It's cool. like, you may be talented, but that doesn't give you the right to break into right. my house. We but also, he does invite him to see a, reci- a, a recital of chamber music Actually, in his house. Actually, she invites she invite, him. Oh, no, she invites him. Yeah. And then... Because and, they and, end up in home ec and the fam- And the family... Oh, yeah, they end up in home ec together. That's right. And she ends up, like... And, and she's like, oh, what, are you following me? He's like, no, I just... And he's the only guy in the in the class. Right. It's shades of again, and not like we're doing the grand unified movie thesis. Yeah. It's shades of uh, of uh, of Lucas. Yeah. In that, like you you like he's doing the Charlie Sheen thing of being in. The, although that Lucas has several boys in the home ec class. Yes. Like in this, he is the only boy. Well, I think in that school, and, everybody's required. Yeah, they, yeah, I think that's that that must be the case. This was, it this, was an like, elective. This is an elective, and and I, as I told Ali. Hey, you! They, they actually gave you instructions on how to make a chicken walnut casserole. Yeah. So you you could have you could have made food for me using the like the. No, I'm just kidding. It stops in the middle of it. You couldn't have done that. I, I don't. I think you would have had raw chicken and a bunch of cashews. Or a bunch of well, I think that was over. canned. Chi- no, it was tuna. It wasn't even chicken. It was tuna. It was canned no, tuna. No, it was chicken. No, it was tuna. It was. She says, "Get your tuna cans." Oh, she did. Yes, she did. Ew. Anyway, it's a tuna walnut casserole. Like cool. there was also celery involved. Yeah, celery was involved. I remember that. Okay, but the po- but the point is that well, it was a salad. That, I think the only thing that we we haven't talked about, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, but I think it's an important plot point is that um, and this is, we can just say it really quick. Judd Hirsch and Christine Lottie are in bed one night, and they're talking about the fact that um, Judd Hirsch finds out that his mother died. Yeah, and he yeah he he's a real dick to everyone, like because his mother. Yeah, that's right. It was whenever uh, whenever. Uh, uh, Warriors come out and play. Uh, Len Thigpen. Thigpen yeah, whenever Len Thigpen him. tells him it, like, "Sorry, she died at a time." Whenever like you were on the run, like yeah. she was like, and he and he gets really upset because like he had, like they're still in, like he's still in contact with his parents because his parents are actually leftists, right? You know, so like, he would meet them like in these yeah. really random. Like whereas like, her parents are, are like are a like her father ran the company that was like that like was bombed, right? Like she's a rich, she's a she's a son of wealth. Yes. A daughter of wealth. A, yeah, a daughter of wealth. Son of wealth. She's a, she's a, I was trying to say scion, I think. Oh, she's okay. a scion of wealth, where you know, whereas he's a Prius of poverty. Yeah. No, no, uh, she's a scion. It's like she she comes from money, and her fam, her family is basically, uh, it's like she, her father is uh, is the, um, you know, the. Um, the I'm trying to Robert Baron. What are you trying to say? Robert Loja <laughs> from uh, <laughs> Loja. Her, her oh dad God, you is just a, peaked our entire. Actually, thing. you know what? It's not redlined. It's it's just loud. Yeah, but you peaked it. I did peak. Uh, yeah, I'm, pro- I'm probably gonna have to knock the volume down on that. I admit. <laughs> but um, God. But uh, yeah, her dad is the Loja, Loja okay. of um, of this. Like you know, like they're they like her family comes from money, and uh, you know, you know. And his does not. Right. But, like, he's been in touch. But, like, the last time he spoke to his mother, she didn't even tell him she was dying of cancer. Right. Because, like, she had, I guess she didn't want him to worry. And so he's, yeah, like, he's carrying a lot of, like, that's the thing with his character. And I, I really love the way his character's portrayed. Me too. Because his character has a lot of anger. Yes. But he's not violent. No. 
Like he he he's he's keeping barely stewed anger in check, pretty much the entire movie. But there's ne- like like you like, and I've been spoiled by the way movies are. I kept thinking at some point he's gonna he's gonna hit his kids and and betray his principles, but he never does. No, he never does. Like I think it's a very it's it's a very nuanced take of a guy. His principles are so strong that he will not be violent. Right. In that way, like again, like the bombing was against the thing, not a person. Right. Like. And like I, going back to Bill Ayers, there's a quote where Bill Ayers says, "We never did a terrorist action because we never tried to hurt a person." And I've I, I've always been of the opinion whenever you hear things like eco terrorism and yeah, things, yeah. if that terrorism is done against a build, if that if that if that's done against a building that doesn't have people in it, it is not terrorism. Uh, yeah, I agree. Terrorism is when 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 civilians are threatened. Right. Otherwise, like otherwise, it is not terrorism, and I get it really bothers me that the news doesn't make that distinction. Yeah. Um, pro- property is not people. Yes. A bank window is not a person. Right. You know, a Starbucks window, not a person. Um, you know, but that's me getting off my soapbox again. Um, that, like, I love the way he's portrayed because he does, he's mad about a lot of shit. He's got a lot of demons. But, like, he's, but ultimately he is a loving husband and father. He's like, doing everything to keep he's his doing, family together. Like, he's, he, he has, like, he is definitely a foil for a lot of the movie, but he's not an antagonist. Right. Like he's blocking his son's happiness in a lot of ways, but not not out of any like sense of like like the monstrous. You know, like yeah. a lot of this movie is like like he just wants to keep his family together. Yeah. And and again, like yeah, and like and I guess we'll go ahead and skip because we're like I'm not really like somewhere in this, like after his after he finds out his mother dies, he goes out because he has a fight, he has an argument, you know, because he finds out like his son wants to go do this chamber music thing and he's like no you can't do that he goes out he has like like he just storms out and he goes and obviously gets drunk no no no. you're missing you're you're missing a big point of why he leaves so so danny does say that he wants to go to this chamber music thing because lorna invites him lorna is um martha clinton's character and he wants to go because he doesn't get a chance to clearly named after lorna doom a bassist for the germs so they uh so so christine lottie wants to let him go but Judd Hirsch says absolutely not because there's it's one thing to be at school it's one thing to you're be surrounded by 600 surrounded, kids yeah but it's one thing to be in this small little environment just basically at the teacher's yeah, house yeah like with, with, with a bunch of people that are not like not child, not high schoolers yeah. like he's gonna stick out like a sore thumb right, right. showing up showing there. up there and so and I kind of I gotta tell you I, I agree, agree with this with logic him. I really do I agree too. With like like throughout the movie if you accept the premise that you're on the run and you have to abandon and you need to keep moving whenever anyone suspects there's nothing Judd Hirsch does that is illogical to that other right. than other than what I was about to get to when we well, get, wait, we'll get, to we get to that. So so the the so then the the thing is that's so interesting is that Christine Lottie and um and Judd Hirsch are actually having an argument about the fact that he should be allowed to go and Judd Hirsch is saying absolutely not and he's sitting in the room on the practice board and and he finally stands up to his dad and he's like you know I, you know I don't understand why you won't let me do this and he's like because I'm your father and this is what I say and he's like well you're the one that's always taught me to question, question authority. authority and he's like so here I am questioning you and you're shutting me down and he's like I'm trying to keep this family together you there's this is my reasoning why you're gonna listen to me you know we are a unit we are a family that stays together i'm gonna stop right now by the way hey if you legitimately have not seen this movie and because we're spoiling the hell out of it this is a really good movie Stop listening and, and go watch it. Yes, real seriously, quick. it's it, we'll, really well this'll, done. We'll, we'll, this will be up later. Can, I just realized that. I realized we're like spoiling. Really good... We're spoiling this movie that's actually like it's one thing when I talk shit like talk shit about the Binnaker Gang. Yeah, like yeah, you might you may never see the Binnaker Gang. It takes some effort to go find it and rent it. But like this is actually a movie worth seeking it out. Really I, is. Like, like I know spoiler for the end, you know. But uh, just 
like actually you should watch it. It's a you good movie. You should watch it. That's uh, a good point. Like I just realized that. I mean, if you're this far in, sorry, yeah. we've already spoiled a lot of it. But uh, it's yeah. worth seeing. Yeah. And, and, and it's the, the perform- journey. And the journey is really worth like more than more than the plot. So good. But uh, so but anyways, anyway, so yeah. so. Uh, basically, she wants to let him go. He doesn't want to let him go. And then the next scene after this, um, I don't know if I, I, I may be out of the, out of the, out of this chronologically, but it makes sense. The next scene that we know of is that um, she goes to work. Christine Lottie goes to work, and when she's at work, she calls in one of her patients. And um, when she comes back out, oh yeah, I know. Oh, you're there. right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. There's this guy at. sitting there, and she's like, "I'm sorry." And, and he looks like him. Sammy Hagar. He does look like Sammy <laughs> like, Hagar. Like Sammy Hagar with a slightly shorter haircut. And she says to him, "You know, do you have an appointment?" And he looks up, and she realizes it's this guy Gus that she's known. And, from and I can't remember the actor's name, I and I don't want to. I don't want to look it up too quickly. Yeah. But uh, the. Interesting thing about this guy, still alive, by the way, this actor. No, 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 he died recently. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. A lot, of, a lot of people in this movie either is still surprisingly still alive, like your Judd Hirsch's, or, or have Christine died Lottie's recently. Christine Lottie's still alive. Yeah. Well, Christine Lottie's also not as old. Yeah. Christine Lottie is like 12 years younger than Judd Hirsch. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I think she's, uh, yeah, I don't even think she, she might not even, no, she'd be 70. I don't or, know. Or close to 70. It doesn't matter. But doesn't matter. Um, actually, I think, no, she's not. She's like, she's like my dad's age. Um, but um, and Judd Hirsch is like 15 years older than her, but he's only playing six years older than her. Um, but anyway, um, the um, all the uh, I'm sorry, my Get brain back. just Get it back. The actor, the actor playing Gus is actually also a screenwriter. He actually wrote the screenplay to Paris, Texas, apparently. Oh, that's right. Which I think was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, so he shows up. He, obviously, he's somebody from their past, and, and, and also he is. Obviously, like they obviously had like a, a flame. Oh, at some there was point. obviously some sort of a relationship because he just he's them. very physical with her, and yeah. she doesn't really stop him. Yeah, she doesn't really like. He's like at one off. point he's like rubbing her feet later, or like when they when they well, and back that's the house. when Judd Hirsch walks and in. that's when Judd Hirsch walks in, and like Judd Hirsch is obviously kind of irritated by this guy showing yeah. up, and he becomes especially irritated when what happens is this guy takes him outside and says, you know, like this group has been helping you escape. We need you to like help us rob this bank. Right. And he's like, that is not what we're about. We're yeah. not violent. And we he opens his trunk and there's guns. Guns in there. there. And like he calls the kids out. He and actually he, like, screams he's for like, the kids. Get the kids out of here. Yeah. And, he, and he gets the kids out of here. He grabs the guns that are like, he like digs through the trunk, pulls the guns out. They're like wrapped in a cloth. And he walks over and holds the, holds the guns out and says, this is not who we are. This is not what we do. Yeah. And he throws the guns back at Gus and he's like, get like, he's like, you know, like you could stay the night, but get the hell out. Yeah. You know, and, um, and he just storms off he storms off and then she and he and he basically comes on to her like Gus Gus comes comes on on to comes on to Cynthia Cynthia. Christine Lottie uh, you know later and she basically kicks him out and it's really funny because around the corner like he does it right in front of her kid because River is around the corner. Yeah, he listens, and to the he whole and he comes in and gives her a hug, and yeah, like, it's this like, really sweet. And she like, kicks him out. Like, yeah, she kicks she's like, out Gus. She's like, get get the hell out of here. Yeah, you're done. We're done. We're done here. You know, yeah. and and basically, um, so then um, Artie uh, Hirsch comes home really stinking drunk, yeah. and he's and he's basically Loud. and 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 this is where it, it, it like the sh- all the shit he's been hiding comes out. He yes. starts saying who he is. He's like, yeah. I'm I'm not. I'm He's like, Paul. I'm not Paul Manfield. I'm I'm Arthur Pope. Pope used to be Popov, changed at Ellis Island yeah. from the Polish. Like, like he is like he is very much like he is going through who he is and where he comes from. And he's like and and like he like he's so he's so drunk he falls over on his back and he's just talking about and like you can see just in his eyes this just intense sadness that he's that like like he does he does his best to like 
rain in throughout the movie. Like his yeah. anger, like he, he blows his top a lot in the movie. Yes. But he blows his, like he's just yelly. He's very yelly. Right. And very, like he's got a lot of anger, but like this is where you see like that anger is rooted in the fact that like as much as he is committed to being on the run and to continuing to like in little ways keep helping make the world a better place. Right. And in fact, he has that argument with Gus before he leaves. Like, right. Where Gus is like, man, it's not working. We got to He's like, look at your little Norman Rockwell family. Like you've and, just, you've just and thrown it up. And this, before I forget, Gus is basically, and, and the fact that they're going to do a robbery is loosely based on the 1981 Brinks truck robbery that was done by former members of the Weather Underground who, who had formed into a much more militant communist group. Mm. And, uh, they they robbed a Brinks truck and were arrested, and actually Bill Ayers and Bernadette, Bernadine Dorn uh, adopted the daughter of those people. Wow! And raised her with their kid. Interesting. Yeah, because like basically they had to go. To, they went to jail for armed robbery, so they they adopted their they adopted their daughter wow. and raised her. Uh, so like there's there like again like there well, this movie is loosely based. Like it's 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 one of those like it's ba- based on a true story kind of right, thing, right? Right. You know, like, but it not, you but know, but not like, really. Like, right. like it's it's like there's combinations of various things, but that is again, like that that's like these, uh, like some of these like more radical members of the you know of the of the of the counterculture committing crimes to finance you know their stuff and getting caught at it, because and which we'll find later with that. But anyway, uh, so yeah, you like it's a really good scene of Judd Hirsch playing a very convincing shit faced, which is hard to do. And and his kids come down because they his hear kids him see him and it's like it's this moment of you feel like so much like like you feel everyone's pathos, pathos. and it's so everyone's pain like he does this amazing job it's of so like well you can see the hurt and it's like he's shit faced but you can tell like it's coming from like he's letting his truth out that yeah. like who he is but he can't do that and when he wakes up the next day it's back to it's back under wraps and yeah. you never hear it again yeah like you know that like in his heart like he's broken that he because like, part of this movie is about. Like, it's not just this, like, ooh, are we going to get caught? It's about the ramifications of being on the run. With a family. With a family. And with, like, just in general, like, how like how tired everyone. Everyone's tired. tired. Everyone's just tired. Because it's like, you, you can't unclench ever. Right. And they've spent 16 years at this point. Right. Unable to let go. Unable to unclench. Right. It's... You know, and it, and you see, like, like, like the, like sometimes they're like you see, like throughout you see Christine Lottie, ha- like the threat of her is maybe we should have turned ourselves in to begin with. Yeah. Maybe we should never have had a kid. Maybe we should have given our my. Maybe we should have given Danny, or maybe we should have given Danny to my parents. Danny is of course Michael, my, which Michael, is of which course is a River, River Phoenix. Phoenix. Like maybe we should have just given to my parents in the first place. Like how, how dare we do this to children? Like because yeah. you know, again, like a part of it is these two kids have never committed a crime, but they are on the run. But they're on the run, and that's all they know how to right. do. And right. like, and if they want to be with their parents, they have to they have to live this fugitive lifestyle too. Yes. And so, so anyway, that that's a really good scene. I I, I really yeah I, love I really scene. I really thought it's a it's it's a really um, really good stuff. And I guess the next real big thing that happens is. He goes to the chamber music thing. He goes to the chamber music thing, and then he goes and has a talk. Like, they go off. Uh, he goes off with. He ends up calling her for, to, like, 
go out and go out. Well, and no, before that, she the 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 chamber music people because uh, the teacher's been talking about him. And they want him to play. He they wants want him to play, to play in front. And he and he basically comes up with all sorts of excuses. He goes like, up to her room for a while, and then she and then, helps him escape. Like he's like, oh, he left, and like he sneaks out the window. Like look, um, we get the foreshadowing. We have Chekhov's tree. Chekhov's tree. There's a tree in the yard that you can like. There's always a tree that you can sneak out of the teenage girl's room in, in every movie. Yeah. But so he, like, but anyway, like he ends up calling her later to hang out. And she's like, I didn't think you liked me. Yeah. You know, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, yeah. like it's, it's, and I, this is another thing the movie does really well is it does a very convincing teen like romance. Yes. Because they're like, they flirt in awkward ways that like an adult wouldn't flirt. Right. But like that's, you know, they, and they. Like it's like they like each other, but they make fun of each other. But it's not a mean spirited thing. It's right. like a, it's an awkward. I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to make fun of you right. kind of thing. Right. And he's still he and 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 this is where like you get a lot of the like like she she's aware that he doesn't tell a lot of stuff. Right. And he keeps changing the subject and finding ways to distract. And that's when she learns he's like she's like what are you doing? Because he runs it. They go to the lake or the beach. Yeah, like on the that, beach. not the lake. It's a beach. I I'm thinking of where we live. Yeah. Like we have a similar looking beach, but it's a it's a lake beach, not a real beach. But yeah. they go to the beach. And he's looking for like he like he his, says he's he looking says, for a birthday present, present for his, for his mom. mother, and she's like looking, you know, like she's confused by that, and he's like, like yeah, in my family, like birthday presents, you either make them or you find them. Yeah. You you don't buy them. Yeah. You know, which one thing they they're never gonna have a lot of money because right. they're always on the run. Like the only kind of jobs they're gonna get are like entry level, you know, yeah. kind of work. But uh, so he's hunting. They find a shell. Yeah. You know, she finds a shell. She finds a shell and he's like, Oh, that's great, whatever, you know. And it like it she's like it, it turns out like basically he's he ends up like saying, Well, you can, like that can be your gift for her. Yeah, why don't you give that to her? And give that to her. And so it ends up he ends up inviting her over because she she's like, Why can't I ever meet your family? Yeah. And and you can tell like like so we cut to her birthday party and she to, to Christine Lottie's Christine, birthday. Christine Lottie's birthday party and you know, and then uh, Lorna, Lorna shows, shows up. <laughs> and you can tell like like at first the father's like, uh, Yeah. But like like she actually takes to them very fast. Yeah, and, and you they, see, they like fall. they have a they have a whole James Taylor sing off with it's fire really and rain, adorable. and like everyone's dancing. It's so cute. And like she gives a, she gives the shell necklace to her, and I, I can't remember what um what did what did Dana like uh, little Harry gave he, uh, he had made um in, obviously in wood shop he'd made like a, a oh like a, a like a, like a, a whale. wooden whale and uh, and then I can't remember and oh and and um and uh, and. Danny slash River Phoenix gave her some sheet music. Yeah, he, he composed some he music He composed for her. some music for her. And that's when she looks at it. And obviously, the fact that he's giving her sheet music, yeah. that's the first time we learn that, oh, she actually might also be musical. She might know that, what that like, is, she's, yeah. she's probably where he got his love of music yes. from. Yes. Um, which will come up later. Yes. And so anyway, they have a, they have a whole big fun night. And and uh, at one point... Uh, they're wearing they, like paper crowns. They're wearing, and they're, and, it's and, like, it's and, and at, one, at one point, like he basically like turns to... Uh, Judd Hirsch turns to River Phoenix and says, I like her. Yeah. Like, he basically is like, you know, like, it's it, like, they actually later have a very frank discussion, but that comes later, yeah. uh, about the relationship, which is very interesting. Um, but it's done um, so well. It, yeah. Like, it's, so anyway, but anyway, they go off together. It's been a great night. And then she, like, comes over and starts, like, they start to make out a little bit. And then, and she's like, no, it's okay. I want it. Like, yeah. like and he basically runs off. He doesn't run no, off. No, he, just, no, he, he distances himself he, and then she runs off. And she Sorry. runs off. Sorry, yeah. He gets really distant and weird. And she's like, and she's storming up and he's chasing her, you know, and he's like, he can't really, like he can't express because like we know why he, like, yeah. and, and it will come up a little bit later. Yeah. Like she avoids him for a couple of days. Uh, she, 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 she cuts home at class so she doesn't have to talk to him. Right. Um, the, uh, and it's funny, there's actually a scene where her father comes over to him 
and and he thinks it's like oh god he's like he's like i don't know what he's like he's like He's like, look, listen, I, I, like, I, I, I'm sorry. He's like, I don't know what your, like, what your problem is. I, that, I'm, not, I'm not talking about anything bad, yeah. you know. And he's saying basically, have you thought about your future? Because he's 17, right? So and everyone's got, like, this is where, this is the age when high schoolers are starting to figure out, to like, co- like, like, like applying for colleges right. and things like that. And he's like, oh, I, yeah. And he basically says, I think you should go apply to Juilliard. Yeah. It's like, you've got the grades. And once we get your regular records in, that should be fun, no problem at all. Right. Oops. Yeah. Uh, you know, Oops. but he's got really good grades in the classes he's taking. You know, as long as his grades have been like this his whole life, then obviously he's, you know, he's got good, he's got good grades. He's really talented. He's like, I think you should do this. This is, this is an opportunity that I, I like, you know, it's like, I, I got, I've got to help you here. Yeah. You know, like do, you know, cause, and by the way, they're like, again, much with Judd Hirsch and his coiled up violence in this, like I've been spoiled by other movies in that, like, like the way he looks at him, I just I keep expecting it to be something wrong and immoral. You mean the teacher? The teacher. Like I expect him like he's using him like for like it's like it's really weird that I expect that because yeah. of fucking other movies have gone to the dark place yeah. and the reality of the world has gone to the True. dark place so much that a an adult genuinely interested in a, in, in a teen's welfare yeah. that isn't related to them just feels creepy to feels me creepy. at first, and it's it's a shame because like when you get down to it, uh, Mr. Phillips is actually one hundred percent altruistic yeah and in fact there's a whole thing where uh like a discussion that uh actually that uh lorna has with river about this where she says i like how much she loves his family because they're so real yeah and like like how her family is nice they're polite they're polite like but they don't really care they don't dig deep they don't ask deeper questions or if the deeper questions come up they kind of ignore Ignore that yeah so like it's very wasps yeah <laughs> they're wasps but so, um so after this situation he 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 sneaks back over to Lorna's house in the middle of the night to apologize to apologize and, to he said, like, and it's kind of weird because he breaks into her room and she's like obviously not wearing a lot of clothes yeah totally. and she's like he's like get dressed and like go like, go out the front and we're gonna we're yeah. gonna we'll talk and what's really weird is he, he goes out with, with her, her like, which confuses that. Like, you just should sneak, sneak back, sneak out, back out, out the window the and window. meet her, because yeah. otherwise, what if you run into her fucking family, you so idiot? Ridiculous. I like, I like that's the one time in the movie where, like, I like, like, like the hey, you're on the run. Yeah, you need to know how to do this. Yeah, right? you should know. This should be second nature to you. It kind of like it kind of slips for a second. Although I guess maybe the whole point is that at this point he's being irrational. Yeah. Because what he does is he takes her side and he actually tells her the truth. Yeah, he tells her everything. Tells her everything, and it, a, a, another excellent performance by Phoenix. Like he, because he's basically telling her like the reason they can't be together is because he can't stay. He, right. he never knows when he's going to be able. Like, like his life, like his life. He's not. He he's not allowed right. to make these kind of attachments. And she's like, you know, basically, like she realizes the the kind of fucked upness of this. Of he never did anything wrong, and he's not allowed to have a life. Right, he's stuck. Like he's so loyal to keeping his family unit together. Yeah, and she like, and she gets that. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's pretty. It implies that they sleep together right after this. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not just implied because later on that that that's when the father, that's when the father like, they, the they, and Jed Hirsch has a question. He's like, "You sleeping with her?" And he's yeah, and he's and and he frankly says yes. And he's like, "Okay." Yeah. Like like there's no and like and again like no the whole idea that no. the whole yeah. idea is that Jed Hirsch's character comes out of that free love '60s movement. Like he doesn't. You know, like he's not gonna like like basically like he know. I think he trusts his son is going to be you know a is not gonna and, is yeah. well. I was gonna say safe about it, and yeah. this is the eighties. <laughs> this is the height of the AIDS epidemic. I'm pretty. It's ne- like it's never really talked about, but I think I think the implication is you know like 
you're you're going to be safe about this, right? right? You're you're not going to do something stupid, you know. But anyway, they they um, I don't know really like I basically he, he basically up, tells her and then and he's like you can do what you want with this information. Yeah, but he's you like, can tell she's not going to say anything. He's like I don't even care anymore. Tell anyone yeah. you want, yeah. but I can't. I got to be. I, you know, like I can't lie to you anymore. Yeah, you know because and that's when he tells her he loves her. Yeah, and so anyway, like I guess the next big thing is he ends up auditioning for Juilliard. Yeah, he he decides to go for the audition. And he doesn't tell anyone in his family, of right. course. And when he does the audition, um, he's auditioning in front of two people. Well, wait, and- but right before that happens, though, we, and we didn't talk about this when they were in the motel, there's a whole thing about the, the FBI is searching for Annie and Artie Pope. This was way back at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And and in the paper, there's a picture of oh, yeah. these two people I for- yeah, I forgot, who, yeah. are, who are... Her parent, Christine her Lottie's parents. parents, and 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 Harry and him at that time. This is this is early in the movie. I want to be clear. This yeah, is very when early. When in the she movie. says in the motel in the beginning, in the like, very beginning of the movie, like when they're on the run, and and uh, what he does, what he, cut, he tears, he out, tears the out the picture, and he and Harry are like, "Have you ever seen them?" And he's like, "No, no. I've never seen." Like them. he doesn't you know, remember doesn't know them at the all. grandparents at all. So so when he's at the Juilliard audition. Uh, the program, he flips over the program and on the back it says it's been underwritten by this the, woman. The woman's foundation or whatever. And, it's, and, he, and he holds up and it's like, it's the same it's photo. It's his grandmother. And it's, it's literally the same photo yeah. from the newspaper. It's her, like, it's her headshot photo yeah. that's used for these kind of things. Like, it's the stat, it's the file photo the file, that would be yeah. used for any news items yeah. about her. And he's like, oh my God. Yeah. Then he goes out and he, he performs in front of these two judges, one of whom is a Russian, I guess, woman. I She's think, got an accent. Yeah. Um, and she loves him. And yeah. like, it, it's kind of the subtext of the way she performs it. I think she's kind of attracted to it. Maybe. And then the guy who's kind of this other guy, balding weasel, who at first I thought was Mr. Phillips. I did too at first. And then I was like, no, no it's, it's not. not. And he talks like he lost a tooth and a taffy yeah, apple. Yeah, it's very funny. He's got like a, it's a lisp, but it's not like, it's not the stereotypical gay man lisp. Yeah. It's just like he has a speech impediment. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very strange because you don't you don't often hear people with just random, unexplained speech impediments in movies, especially older movies. Yeah. Because it's like, it's normally you cast actors, and most actors are doing their damnedest if they have a speech impediment to get rid of it. Yeah. It <laughs> you know? So it was, it was an interesting, it's like, it's, it's very strange. Like, it's just, it's unexpected. It's like, no judgment, just... It just sort of like it. It was just jarring because you expect in filmic works. It does kind of make it feel more real, though. It does make it feel more real. It's just, and it's one of those things that shouldn't be jarring, but especially in an older movie. Yeah. Like, like the older the movie, the more likely you have actors basically borderline, like you, you have mid-Atlantic accents or RP or you know, like you you so, you have like people who have fought to get rid of accents. So they talk about know? how how talented he is and how great it is, but they need his records. So this becomes like it comes back again that he, they need the records, um, and then oh, and then wait, and we never wait. talked about Phillips going to yeah. And what happened? No, what we really need to talk about is uh, River shows up at a house with a pizza. Yeah, and he goes and looks something up. In he the looks something up in the phone book. book, and the phone book attached to the attached to the, to the phone booth. Public phone. Like it's so funny. You see, the phone booth is weird enough, but remembering that they used to have those chained on phone books, yeah, like totally. in the in the cases. Yeah. Except in bad neighborhoods, where again, as I talked about, we talked about last, like where people would steal the phone book, is like which is always blows blows my mind that like people would steal the phone book because like like even like in the height of like the phone like when people still had phone books like regularly, there were fucking like phone books are everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. When I worked at uh, Lake Point Tower in the city about ten years ago. 
there was a time period when we had like three pallets full of fucking phone yeah. books brought for the residents that we didn't know what to do with. Yeah, <laughs> we ended up throwing them out in the recycling because it was like, no, everyone took, everyone who needed a phone book took it and they were just pallet after pallet of the shit. Yeah. So it's just kind of funny that people would steal phone books yeah. like <laughs> off of those things. So he shows up at this pizza yeah, and 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 the, and, and the main and housekeeper's like, um, she didn't. I don't think she ordered a pizza. And then the and and she happens to walk by. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Miss Miss whatever, you know, your I can't remember what the name was. Your pizza's here, and she looks at him. He's like, I never ordered. And she gives him kind of a weird look, and she's like, you don't have to pay for this if it's not, you know, like like whatever. And he's like, no, I, I have to eat it. Yeah. And she kind of she laughs. She kind of like gives a little smile, and and, and he leaves. Like, he doesn't say anything. And obviously, this was just a cheap excuse to see his grandmother for a second. Yeah. Which is, like, so heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. It's totally heartbreaking. Because it's like, yeah, he didn't, he never got to know her just because, like, you know, like, and, like, it's funny because this movie does a very, the movie does a very good job of because, like, like, the, Harry even says, like, that old, that man looks really stuffy. It does a good job is because we're naturally sympathetic with the, the family we're following. And right. these people, her rich parents basically have... You know, were behind the like, like owned the weapons plant or whatever yeah. that like they bombed. You know, like it was. There is like there, there's like a, 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 a and they're very wealthy. There is this natural thing to think of them as they're going to be more like the Logia villain, yeah, of the piece, right? You know, but you know that's gonna that's gonna come up very shortly at, in the plot because okay, so he goes back. So he goes back, and Christine Lottie meets with um, Phillips. Phillips asks to meet with her. And, and he, he basically tells her that they really need to get these records because this is when she finds out that, that he auditioned for Juilliard. And that he was accepted. Accepted, but they can't. But they need the records. They need the records before they can give him a full acceptance. Right. And, and, and then he starts asking about, like, does he need a scholarship mm-hmm. or, like, all this kind there of we can We can help with that. Like, yeah. like it's obviously he's, like, he's, he's the... He's working on the, like, oh, by the way, there was a thing earlier where they talked about how the guidance counselor took him aside on his first day, and they were like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and he's like, oh, no, he just wanted to talk about college. college. Like, like there's an undercurrent of that, like, he can't talk about college because he can't go to college. Right. And it's really a shame because, again, he's a smart kid who gets good grades and has obvious talents. Right. Artistic talents that he is basically purposely sublimating for most of his life. Like, 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 and it's funny is I think he knows in his heart of hearts about like, he's been thinking about college. Yeah. Like, but like shutting it down. The mother admits, and they, this, she has this discussion in bed with, the, with her husband after this, with, uh, with uh, Judd Hirsch, that she'd never even thought about the fact that now that he's becoming an adult, like he, like the idea of him going to college, like that that's like never even occurred to her. That, like, and he can't because if he goes to college, they need records. He's going to be out of the cold. He's yeah. gonna have to step out of the cold, which means there the FBI is gonna be like watching him at all times, right? You know, and I mean, she even says to John Hirsch, she's like, you know, I could have records made up. It's like they don't have to go back and get the old ones because they're all of different names, so it's not like so she can get records made up for him. But once he does that, um, and John Hirsch is like, he's gonna be in the system. He's gonna be in the system and out of our family. Like we can't. Like, yeah, and he's like, no, him? we're not gonna he's break like, this family. He's like, we're not gonna do what my parents did, where I only see them once every you know three years in a right. in a you know in a, in a dark airport lounge you know for 10 minutes he's like that's not how our family was going to be to get and, and he does tell her at some point i can't remember where he tells 
tells the story about his, his, his like his mother and the, like her friends and like like being old communists and talks about being a red diaper baby. Yeah, that well, that was that was earlier. Yeah, I just I just remember yeah. that. I just remember that, that that's a nice little scene. That was like, when he. That's, and that's when we learned that that the difference between him and her is she comes from wealth and obviously was someone who probably got radicalized when she went to yeah. college. Yeah. Whereas he's one of those guys who's always been on the left because he didn't know anything else. Right. And she mentions and, that maybe you know she's thinking that maybe she would. No, no, she doesn't. She she does behind his back. She goes behind his back to do this first. Oh, right. She doesn't bring it up. So, the, and in fact, let's get to that because I think there's the, well, that's the, the thing major that ha- well, the major actually the next major thing that happens is she says that her filling is falling out and she needs to go see Jonah. That's right. Yes. So we don't know who Jonah is. Well, that well that is we that's actually out, what I'm talking about. Yeah. We figure out that Jonah, and Jonah is Lenny, the mayor from Ghostbusters. She, yes. Uh, Margulies. Margulies. Uh, Donald. Margulies? Donald Margulies. I think his name is Donald. Yeah. Margulies. She and she says he, that, he, big time bad. Guy. And, and so she says Jonah. It's like oh okay. So obviously this is and he says and he says be careful. Everyone gets caught in the city. That's what people. Yeah, like, so what we know he's in the city, but we know he's a dentist. He must be, and he must be in the system. Or he must be in the in the network, like the underground like network. He's, a, and he's somebody I, from their past. And I don't think I don't think he is, I don't think he is in the underground network. And let me t- let me tell you why. And because she says to her father, "I talked to Jonah." Jonah's the go-between. Yeah. Her father does not approve of that underground network. I think Jonah's family. You think? I think Jonah's a family member. Okay. Maybe. I, but he also seems, but he also says to her, you're living it, like you're doing it. Well, I it. think he's sympathetic to her. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. But I think he's family. Because, Maybe. Because I don't think, I don't know, like, I don't think, like, the way her father, like, her father strongly disapproves of everything she's done. Right. And is not shy of saying it in the scene that we're about to talk about. Because yeah. what she does, she goes to Jonah. He offers her money. He gives her, like, he, a big wad of money. And he's like, I'm sorry if I knew you were coming sooner. I could have gotten, gotten you more. Like, I think he's family. And yeah, he says like that. And then and she says, I need you to do me a favor. Yeah. I need you to like, set up this meeting. Set, with, and, yeah. and she's, so she goes to meet with her father and in, in, in like a nice, in a nice, uh, I can't remember what. It's what, a restaurant. It was, it was, it's a name restaurant yeah, too. She, she actually named the name of it. It was a big, obviously it's in New York. It's a, like a big, a big deal restaurant. I just see where she's coming in. She's holding a box, and it's kind of funny because like a guy just takes it from her. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she, like she's like I'm like if I was holding onto a box in a restaurant, it's an employee of the restaurant, obviously taking it to like put it away for her. But like the way the way it happens, I swear to God, I would have decked someone. Yeah. If I like, I and we suddenly... never find out what the hell is in that box. I know it's it's very odd. It's like, this Chekhov's box that never comes back. Yeah, it's not Chekhov's box. It's uh, I'm trying to think who. It's J.J. Abrams' box. Yeah. It's like, oops, we forgot to tie up that loose end. <laughs> right, it's very strange. <laughs> oh, well. So she ends up meeting with her father. And there, it, this is another good emotional scene. This is where Christine Lottie gets to have her acting moment. Um, and so does her father. Um, She's so good in this. And uh, ba- but what happens is, first of all, like it, we learn that this is they haven't spoken in 14 years. We... We learn he still vastly disapproves. He's very like she like he he's like I don't know how many other people you've hurt since then. Like he yeah. suspects that she's and she's like Dad, if you really th-, like yeah. like she, like you know and she has she's like, like that they, man was not supposed to be there. You yeah, know like, this. Yeah, like and there's a whole back and forth and she's like it already did this to you and she's like no this was my idea yeah. you know like like you know like you know you get, you find out that she was actually the mastermind behind it right and and you also find out she is really holding a lot of guilt for this yes. and she this is where she tells and she and you never hear her talk about this with uh with Artie but she tells her father like first of all she says she she asks him to take Danny Danny and she tell but she also and she tells him you know like as soon as Harry's old enough and she tells him I have a son named Harry and he's like yeah I know I I saw it in the paper. I saw it in the paper. And you can see he's very resentful of the fact that his daughter, like, his daughter, he has another grandson he's never Never met. Not not only never met, never been told about by, you know, know, like, he has to find out from a newspaper article that he has another grandson. Right. And, like, it's really well done because, again, her her father is, 
like defends himself in a way that like it's like I disagree with her father's worldview, but like I get why he like he's like you know you you caused this destruction and like whatever and like she's thinking systemic things like his what he did made things far far, far more worse. worse you know but 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 what she did materially hurt a singular person yeah you know and they're both coming from different angles of of this I tend to be more sympathetic with her argument but I get his argument yeah and. But she says basically, when Harry's old enough, I plan to turn myself in. He's like, and and it's like, and what about Art? What about Artie? And she's like, well, that's his decision. Yeah, he can do what he needs. He to can do it. Like it's it's it, like uh, that. This is my decision. He can do what he wants to do. You know. So you know, and and, and she, again, that never comes up with like like she never tells that. To we her never know if Artie knows that like that this is her plan. Right. This is. But basically, she. She said, like, he agreed. Like, at first, he's like, I don't know him. You can't just drop this person. I've he never says, met. it's too much to it's ask. It's too much to ask. You know, blah, blah, blah. And she says, it is too much to ask. It is too much to ask. And then she goes to leave, and he stops her and says, we'll take him. Yeah. You know, like, like it's like, you know, like, just, you know, like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, we'll take him, whatever. And when she's leaving, like, as oh. she leaves, we this, this great moment where he's he, he wants to say more. And he does like he obviously he you can tell he's mad at himself for not opening up quicker. Yeah. Like he failed to open up, and you see him like he's just quivering and like unable to get the emotion out. Oh, it's so but she's already gone, and that's the last you see of this character for the movie. But it's like one of the most it's like beautiful performances. It's a really it's excellently done. Oh, Uh, he like it's 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 one of those like he comes in for one scene and nails it. And he nails it. You know, like it's I mean, goddamn brilliant. Yeah, it's so um, it, he he does kind of like the you know the uh, the classic that guy thing. Yeah. I'm gonna steal one scene and yeah. then I'm gone. And then I'm gone. You know, um, but so so anyway, they go home. Uh, she, she, she she finds Danny at um, now that she knows that he's done this audition. Danny still hasn't told her. Right. She shows up to school and he's practicing in the in the band room or whatever, and she sits down. And you realize that she's the one that taught him how to play. Because what's one of the questions? Oh, oh that was a thing. That, oh, I forgot. Yeah, that came in up. that discussion, he's like, she she talks about him getting accepted to Juilliard, and he's like, just and the father says, just like you, just were. like you were, and you see that she turned her back on this life. That now she she's basically wants Danny to have the chance to choose the life that she chose to walk away from. Yes, exactly. Because she's like she doesn't want to impose her decision on him. Right. And she she's like if if they'll take him in if they'll help him, then they like you know and 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 she knows this is say, signing not signing a death warrant but signing the death warrant of their relationship. Um, yes. Like she will never be able to see him again unless it's through prison bars. Right. Right. You know. Um. You know. Like that's the only way she'll ever see him. Probably. And, uh, but, yeah, you know. But so, so, and you find, and also uh, there have been a lot of questions like, well, who's been teaching you? How, you know, and he talks about how he's been studying with Mr. Phillips. This was at the audition. And then she's like, well, what? and he's like, oh, well, we moved from Kentucky, which is actually a lie because um, they came from Florida the last time. But she says. Because she picked a random school. She'd picked a random school in Kentucky that that's where they had been from. And so, you know, the, and obviously the family all knows the story. That yeah, we can't find any records for this. She's yeah. like, oh, that's right. I got yeah. married recently. And I like, she's but real the, fast with the lies because no, no, you no, have no. to be. That's, that's her with Phillips. Yeah. I'm talking about yeah. him at the No, audition. but I'm saying we never talked about that. Yeah, sort of yeah that's true. But the point is that they're asking who he studied with because he's only studied with He's Phillips like never with anybody in particular. Yeah, big. And you find out that it's actually, he's been taught by him. Because you figure. Cause, yeah, because she sits down and starts playing the piano with, with him and him. singing and along. And like, like it's a moment, moment where oh. it's like, oh, she's obviously, she's, she's obviously him. the musical one. She's the one that taught him. And it's just. And, like, and, and, they, and, and it's, it, it, and it's like this, like, I think he leans his head on her, on her shoulder or something at one something point. Or it's real, like, there's know, a, there's a, like a moment of affection between them. It's, it's I think one of the things I love about this movie is as much as he feels held back by his parents, 
he still loves them. Oh, such a deep and like he voice. doesn't resent them. No, he he's he's just sad at the situation. Correct. Like he's completely every step of the way, completely willing to live that that life because he doesn't want to break his family up. There's right. not it, like there's only a couple of moments where he even gets angry about it. So uh, to them. So so Christine Lottie comes back and she tells Artie that they need to talk and basically she tells him that she wants to give Danny to her parents because she found out that he went for this audition and he did it on his own. She didn't know about it and um, he freaks out. He's like, no, we keep the family together. What are you talking about? You know, this is, you're completely wrong about this and she's like, I think, you know, we're not fair to keep the kids, you know, running with us for so long when they did nothing wrong so it's not their fault. Yeah, right. And um, he still, he shuts it down. Like, he will not even discuss it. Right. He's like, and no, then he we're comes keeping the family the, together. And then he comes in and he basically says to everybody, uh, we're, we're going to be moving on really soon here. Yeah, because like, he knows he's like they're getting attached. We got to get out of here. Get out of we got to get out of here. And he's got the sense that right, something's and, up. And it, but and then they have the whole meeting about how it's going to be done. It's like we don't want to arouse suspicion. Everybody go to your jobs. Go to your schools. You know, we'll you know, we're on standby. Yeah. Get ready to go. Be as ready soon to go as in a moment. Be moment ready to go time. in a moment's notice. Get yourself. Get your stuff together. Yeah. You know, get your. You know, get ready to go. Get your stuff in order. And yeah. when and and basically what happens is he has like a moment like while they're like at work. Well, he's at work. He suddenly realizes it's time to go. I can't remember what happened. Oh no! They they hear um on the radio. Oh, they hear the radio that, that like that like that, that Gus Gus had robbed a bank and he's been arrested and it was right outside of of, Water, of, of Waterford, Waterford, New Jersey. And he's which, like, and yeah, and he's like, and he turns here's his boss. Like he walks up to his boss and casually says, "I'm gonna go for a smoke break." And he just walks outside and you see him sort of just make a beeline to his the truck that they picked up there. The way he, he picked caught, up a, he yeah. picked up a pickup truck. Yeah. And until I realized it's actually a four seat truck, yeah. he was like, ah, you know, I think it'll be better for us. I'm like, at first I was like, a pickup truck for a four person family? Yeah, that's that's gonna be better than a van. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. dummy. But it's really like it's like they, they obviously change their vehicles often too, so that yeah. like it keeps it like mixed up. But um he so he um like but he goes to his truck and drives off and like he makes the phone the quick the phone call from a payphone like to his wife like he's like everybody get her get the messages out blah 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 yeah you know so they're get they're get- so she takes a cab she literally leaves work and takes a cab to the, uh to pick up um Harry they pick up they, Harry and then they take another they take the cab to to Danny's school and da- and the, and Danny Danny like turns and goes like before they're gonna leave like Danny's like I just I'll be right back yeah. and he runs said, I'll meet you there I'll meet you there they have they have oh yeah they have a they have a, a bug out yeah uh, they have bug a out spot, bug out spot. meeting spot and so they so he he runs to the to the classroom where uh, where Lorna is and he says uh Mr so and so needs to talk to you Lorna and she's like do you have a pass like the teacher's like do you have a pass or whatever he's like no uh, but he says it like nervously and like he's like you know yeah. like that and she's like all right and like so Lorna steps outside he says We're, I've got to go this is it you know he, like they have like a whole thing you know like a, a tearful goodbye oh we forgot to talk about the fact that she says to him earlier because they have this conversation earlier where she says have you did you ever ask like you need to ask them if you can stay like yeah oh you, yeah. yeah and he goes and tries to talk to um, John that, Hirsch yeah, and, and he this says is no. when he has like yeah, a that, that, yeah that's yeah that's around that that's around the time of the meltdown and that's yeah. why that's one that's of the reasons that, that he gets the sense that they need to bug out yeah but so, anyway, so now so now he's saying goodbye to her and it's he's saying goodbye so to her and they, like they've already driving he's gonna take his bike to meet them yeah you know and like have this tearful goodbye and he's like I'm in like and it's it's like awful and but he's, he's like, I love, he's like I love you but like I can't leave my family yeah. and it like and it, it is like this thing of like oh my god like how tragic this guy is literally gonna lose everything and like it looks it, honestly it looks like the movie is seriously gonna end that way a bit but while they're waiting for him to get there they're in the truck and a news report goes on that Gus has been shot and yeah. like he's attempting to resist arrest or attempting to escape yeah. or something he's been shot and killed and Judd Hirsch just has this moment, like you just see like something in his eyes go like like break. Yeah. 
and uh, and then uh, just before then, that, like so, Danny now he's Danny again yeah. comes like barreling in on his bike, and, and he goes to put the he bike goes in to the throw. Back. He's like, "Sorry, I'm like, let's go." And he goes to throw the he throws the bike in the back. He's like, and Judders just looks at him and says, "Take that bike out of the back," like real, like it sounds like he's pissed at him, and he gets all and, like he takes the bike out and he's like, "And get on it." You know, and it's basically he's saying, no, you're staying. Yeah, you, you know? can stay. And like, oh. and he kind of looks and like, there's this moment when, when, when he gets it, you know, and there's like a, I love you. And they, they say their tearful goodbyes. And then he does a couple of donuts around him yeah. while, and then the, and then they, and, 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 they, and, and they leave, playing. then yeah. they leave all singing fire and, and rain and yeah. drive off. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. It ends with, it ends with Danny. He basically tells him your grandparents are waiting. Your grandparents, yeah. yeah. Your grandparents are waiting for you. They're going to take care of you. You know, go, you, you go, go, to go, go to Juilliard, you know, and. And that and that's when the movie ends. Basically, they're still on the run. He's and and he's been. I mean, obviously, the next uh, few months of his life are going to be a bit hectic. Yeah, he's gonna be talking to a lot of feds. And but and, and, but ultimately, he never did anything wrong. Yeah. And he's got he's got people. He's a minor still. And they can't tell him where they're. They can't he tell him know, where they're going. Yeah, he doesn't know so where he, they're going. He literally has no information for them. Right. Exactly. So that's the way the movie ends. And uh, and. Uh, that, that, that's basically it. I think we need to change our question here because sure. we already know it was worth watching slash revisiting. Sure. So let's say, let's let's change it to why was it worth? Just for this one time. Okay. So why was it worth revisiting? Or, yeah. Why was it worth while? Yeah. Why was so, it worth revisiting? So what, like, what inspired me to like bring it? And why don't we just have a little round table? Sure. Okay, we don't so, have to do like so, a back and forth. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, it's interesting because wh- there's a couple of reasons why I brought this movie to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, First of all, I had really only seen this movie in its totality once, mm-hmm. um, but I remember it being very good, mm-hmm. and I remember wanting to see it again, and I remember it being it, it was impactful. Uh-huh. Now, back then, I didn't know enough about politics and know enough about. I knew that I knew that I was on their side, but right. I didn't really understand all of that because uh-huh. I, I didn't. It didn't impact me in the same way. Whereas today where I live in a po- political world, like I definitely see the, the, mm-hmm. the, where that is. So two things that happen. One, I love Martha Plimpton. We talk a lot about the Goonies. She mm-hmm. was in, you know. Which is funny because the Goonies does not hold up. No. I think, it's, I think it's just because it had so I many young me, actors in it that like did That's what I was like, going to say. Things. We talk a lot about the Goonie cast is what I'm saying. And so we, you know, and they come up a they lot. They did of a movies. lot of 80s movies. Right. So. They did a lot of 80s movies. And so, um, and, and I love Martha Plimpton. I've always loved Martha Plimpton. And so, um, I, you know, and she was, you know, she, so this cast was like Full of people that I adore. Well, this cast is basically when you get down to it, it's a theater cast. It is, and and Chris, well, River Phoenix was a movie star, but because because he, he managed but to he's, get, he's a real actor, but he's an actor a, actor. Right. Like, River River Phoenix is. River, to, um, all right, this is going to be heresy too. River Phoenix is what everyone wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to be. Oh yes, like the like pretty boy who really had chops. Not to say that Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't have chops, yeah, but, yeah. We, but I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio kind of leveled off in a way that I think I think Phoenix was. Phoenix was someone who I feel like had he lived would have God, he would have been the 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 alternate universe better Johnny Depp. Oh yeah. So much more. Because he would have been doing weird movies and and like really and strong performances. And I like to believe he wouldn't have been a total D bag. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I so I there was the cast. Although I guess they of, were friends, so who the knows? The cast in and of itself <laughs> was was for me one of the big things. I love Judd Hirsch. I've always loved Judd mm-hmm. Hirsch. Um, and I and I and Christine Lottie is a that guy that that gal, if you will. Yeah. Not everybody knows who she is, but yeah. I always and did. I feel like and I feel like she's someone who's probably done a lot of stage work. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just tell that these are really good actors, and then, and I remember that the story was really compelling and good, and mm-hmm. I remember that the performances were good because I remember performances, and I always remember that. Like, yeah. that that's what we're talking. Yeah, no, there was a lot. There's a, story, a lot. Of, there's so much. Yeah, there's if I yeah, if 
But yeah. on top of that, like because we had just done They Live and there was such a political leaning right. into that movie, like I knew that. So we you want to go with a 1988 political movie that didn't have a five and a half minute long fist fight correct, in alley, right? Actually, yes. Um, <laughs> I, and and th- this just speaks to the type of like work that if I were to pick the kind of like films that I would want to be a part of or be in, like this is the kind of work that yeah, I love. Yeah, no, because I get the, it. the acting in the script. You know what? So it, 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 I'm going to say that it is kind of like a Steppenwolf play and a mo- in, in movie in form. movie form. Yeah. It has that same thing of like we're a lot of emotional, a lot of emotional heft. Yeah like issues behind it but really it's about the people like the politics of it are sublimated to the people in it yes like the politics are a backdrop yeah but they aren't like the movie's not really a political movie yeah and i will say um let me have my little two cents here my only my only problem with this movie is the there's this moment when like the christine lottie character like like it's it's like I feel like there's a moment where like it can only come from the kind of position of privilege that the writer and director and you know and the makers of this movie are coming from of having money in the 80s it it has a little bit of that like there's a moment when she talks about the war being like we ended the war it the fight's over did we actually talk about I thought we talked about it before the podcast no, we? We, I think you brought it up to trying it. I yeah, mean, you can like recap. It, uh, yeah, I, I guess. I, yeah, I, I wasn't going to go into too much into depth, but it, like, I, I my only criticism is like that that mentality of well, the war's over, so we're done here. Yeah, you brought that up. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, you'll that, listen back and you'll hear it. Oh, I probably did. I probably did. <laughs> I know we had talked about it before the recording, yeah. so I, that's why I was like, I couldn't remember if I'd said it. That's not but, the third time that I've gotten to hear yeah. that story. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just, like, I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm joking. But no, anyway, but for me, for me, yeah, I think for me, yeah, like despite the fact I'm fairly sympathetic to like the the main character's reason for being on the run. I'm fairly sympathetic with the way they live their lives, still trying to make the world a better place in right. as many ways as possible. Like again, as to stress, he like Artie especially has been like an organizer even even whenever like even though he's undercover, he doesn't want to draw attention to himself, but he can't help but he try to to like fight for fight for like, you know, helping like environmental concerns, like fighting for workers' rights. He's always doing something small to try and make the world a better place, yeah. even as he's on the run. Yeah. You know, it's like very sympathetic there. But I think for me, uh, it's hard to like, not hard to say. It's kind of weird because I tend to go much more for ideas over people. I think really the draw of this movie is the performances are oh, top notch pretty much across the board there's no there's no there's, bad performance. there's no bad performance in this movie and there's a lot of great performances yeah. in this movie and a lot and of just like one scene great yeah like like just like like i feel like everyone except the little kid who's just a kid so yeah. like yeah whatever but everyone everyone of the actors in this movie who has even a remote major part gets a scene with some heft mm-hmm. even even like mr phillips probably gets the least yeah. of all of them but like but there's a great scene between he and his daughter i mean it's more of a plimpton scene but where she gets on his case about like he's asking like like about about michael. about, about michael, michael and and, and she's like why don't you ask him yourself and like yeah. you see him having to confront the fact and i think after that argument he does uh, actually start involving himself more in michael's life yeah. that's like i think that's the moment like where like instead of just looking at him as a like a, a machine that plays music well he starts really looking and like so he so like he doesn't get a, a transformative monologue or scene where he really gets to emote but then again that character isn't designed for that right but he does get it you, you do get to see his growth as a character from someone who's you know oh well this is an impressive hurt like student of mine that can add to my reputation as a music teacher and like uh, like i you know to Hey, this is a kid who needs some help because he obviously can't afford to do the things that like like you know like 
as we've actually had this discussion last night in unrelated context, mm-hmm. is the arts are an expensive hobby. And the sad truth is in the world that you're going to see so many more successful artists who come from wealthy families because they get subsidized. And they don't have to work. They don't have to work forty to sixty hours a week for a paycheck to do their art, you know. And like, especially things like pianos, you can't. Like, it's very hard to become a very good pianist. I mean, you can learn how to play the keyboards with a yeah. cheap Casio, but if you want to become a pianist and really learn how to play classical music, you need an instrument that, like, the cheapest one is going to be a few thousand dollars. I was about to say, um, I'm I'm assuming that you're using the word hobby in quotes because. Um, like I take offense to no, 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 yeah. I'm, no. I'm saying, no, but I'm saying like the, like, but it's a hobby until you do it for a living. It's a hobby until you, like everyone starts the arts as a hobby. Okay. No one starts acting as I'm going to be an actor. Right. Every, like people start, like, people, people try acting and fall in love with it. People draw because it's fun. Right, right, I, right, right, right. I'm saying, saying when the people turn, like, the people You're saying who turn, the, the initial interest in it, not yeah, what Most of the turn. arts, right, it, okay. like doing the arts is often an expensive hobby. Yes. That yes, to turn into a career re- right, okay. takes a lot of financial support. I, a, so the I, sad truth I, is. I, I didn't go down that brain path. Okay, yeah, so I was, getting a, little, truth, I was getting a little yeah. offended No, 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 no. Honey, look at me, look at me. Like you think I'm going to think that way? No, what I'm saying is the sad truth is the arts are set up so like like most systems in life like sadly enough the arts should be merit-based more than almost any other thing because like you need talent to do it and it is to an extent you still have to be talented to succeed in the arts but the talented person whose family can support them is going to go a lot farther than the talented person who is making their art at three in the morning because they just got off a double shift at a diner right right you know, so like, it, like there is like, like to see him like grow enough to realize that like, I need to help this kid out. This kid belongs, this kid belongs playing in concert, concert halls. Yeah. This kid belongs working with like orchestras. This kid belongs doing he deserves classical to music. Get the he deserves, of... he deserves, he deserves to be able to have the tux and the baby grand yeah. and everything to perform in. Right. And right now, I mean, he goes to his Juilliard audition in jeans and a dress shirt yeah. with a tie that doesn't match. And all of those clothes came from, as a we learned, store. well, not even from a thrift store. Half of them were stolen from donation boxes. That's right. That's right. You know, because they had to like really quickly rebuild their wardrobe because they'd left with no... I do think it was a great nod to the fact that he's wearing the exact same outfit that he wore to the chamber music thing at their house. Yes, yeah, it's his only nice clothes. It's the nice nicest thing he owns. owns. Yeah, it's and I yeah. think that and but their anyway, short sleeve it's a short sleeve shirt. It's, it's buttoned a, yeah, up. It's yeah. like a it's like a Sipowitz yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, it, like like I said, like I think that this movie really has like to go back. It's just we, we got into a weird tangent there just like most of this episode has been. Yeah. But it it really is a movie about the performances mm-hmm. and I I I cannot recommend highly enough this movie and I kind of didn't want to watch it. He did not before. want to watch it. I was like, "Oh man, I want to watch something I I mean, I I know the cliche is I want to see like comedies and explosions yes. and stuff. But I really was like, Ellie, He was dragging. Like, I was like cuz I had just gotten off. I had just gotten off like I had been at work counting the commute for like 12 hours that day and I'm yeah. like I'm coming home I made dinner and I'm like now I gotta sit and watch a two hour long drama yeah, he was mad oh. but it is a very good movie it is the stakes are high without being ridiculous yes it's they're realistic it, it feels small and intimate even though these are people on the run from the FBI yeah and and again Sidney Lumet is a I, 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 I don't I lack the vocabulary to speak about his filmmaking skills yeah but the film is wonderfully made 
it's it it it's made by a man who had been making who's been who had at that point been making film for like over thirty he's years. He's a true filmmaker. Yes, he's, like, he's I a, would get well. He's, he's one of the well. Filmmaker. He's one of those all time great directors. Yeah, I mean, really you look is. at it. You look at his like his output. He's made so many classic films. Oh gosh, yeah. So you know, like it, like 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 Lumet, like definitely one of the all time greats. So this is a movie that's. This is a movie that's just well made across the board. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, um, I guess uh, we could probably wrap it up now. Um, I wanted to, before we jump in um, and, and, you know, tell you tell you all where you can find us. Are you going to apologize to me for being wrong about the They Live fight? No, but I am going to say that we did not, did we Did we actually give a shout out to Radio uh, Free, yeah, Radio we did. Free of Valverde? Yeah, yeah, we did. Because they, they had done a They Live um, Yeah. Uh, episode. Yeah, we did. We got to listen to it, which was really fun. Yeah. So, um, and they, they brought up a few things that I had actually forgotten to mention or did not. Right, know. right. Or and, we just. Yeah, and by the way, I, I I forgot it was actually George Nada, not John Nada, in the original story, oh, which I right. never read, which yeah. I probably should because apparently. But it's you very did short. read the Jonathan Latham book. Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I did actually just read. I did actually check out and read that. Yeah. It's a pretty fun book. Um, of, you know, like it's about 200, 100 and 40 pages long and I mini, hope all of, of you that essays. I uh, that I that I disappointed I'll use that word oh with, they weren't disappointed they I'm loved saying, hearing you bitch I'm saying it in I'm saying it in quotes that I disappointed because of how I felt about that movie or or I should say about the fight in that movie and some of the other issues I had with the movie mainly that I think it's a really good movie that's wrapped around a piece of shit movie um, but we're not talking about that right now by the way one of the interesting things that Letham talks about is the way the movie can't be contained by genre and it keeps hopping yeah, that's true. Which I like, like, I, which is a kind of an interesting like thing. But the point is um, that, um, you know, I, I, I definitely appreciated um, your tweeting at us and getting in touch with us and, you know, saying stuff to us. It's always, we love getting to connect with all of you when you have something, even if you don't like what we have to say, it's actually great. So I mean, don't speak for, speak for yourself. These people can get fucked. No, I'm just kidding. So I'm kidding. mean. All right, so tell them <laughs> where they- Fuck you, I have enough friends. Tell, no, tell I'm them, just kidding. I don't t- have any friends. He has no friends. <laughs> tell, tell them where they can find us. Well, you can find us at a matchmadeinspace.com. Com. This is and how an announcer talks. This is how an announcer talks. <laughs> you can also find us by Gmail at matchmadeinspace at gmail.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hitler Puncher. And you can find Allie at, at Twitter as well. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> mid- midway through, I forgot uh, I forgot what I was doing. Uh, you can find Allie on Twitter as well at Allie underscore Goodman. And that's spelled A-L-I like Allie McGraw. That's right. That's who she was actually named after, just as I was probably named after Jonathan Livingston Seagull, <laughs> if not Jonathan Winters. <laughs> um, the other, the, so this was, I think, episode 38, which means we have... My movie. Your movie's next. I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Uh-huh. I'm... I'm I'm leaning towards potentially something super violent. Uh-huh. <laughs> but also... Zippity-doo, yay. And then after that, there will be a maybe, movie... Maybe I'll do another dark satire. Oh, goody. Um, and then it'll be a movie that either we've both seen or neither of us have seen. So right, we'll figure that one out yeah, when we we'll, get there. We'll work it out. Yeah. That's, and that's... So that's pretty much it. So um, anything else you want to add to our um, podcast today? Not really. I think, I, I, I think I've said more than enough about more than enough topics that have tangential relationship to this movie. I mean, so. I would just say, honest to God, go try to find this movie. It's worth it's it. Got, yeah. Well, you have to try to find it. You well, can rent it on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know, like it's Anyway, not. so um, this has been A Match Made in Space, signing off. Adios. Adios.